just a bit outside. Just, just a bit outside. I don't get how they call these so close. Uh, <laughs> the uke. He still does announcing for the Brewers, you know. And he's, really? Well, he's got the sweetest gig ever. Number one, he rarely has to travel with the team unless uh-huh. he chooses to, which if they play in like Chicago, he'll go travel because it's an hour away from Milwaukee. And hot dogs. Yeah. And then other than and that. dish pizza. Other than that, if it's a home game and uh-huh. he's, it, you know, his time, sometimes he'll skip home games altogether. And most of the other times he'll do innings one, two, three, take a break all the way until seven, eight, nine. And somebody else will announce somebody, for him. Yeah. The other two announcers will announce and the guys who usually travel with the Brewers won't do the rest of the <laughs> announcing. But that's how much of a legend he is. <laughs> I mean, you understand. I think the man's in his 80s. Yeah. He's still doing it. But I mean, yeah, he's fucking, that's how, that's when you reach legend status is when you can sit there, still get paid the same amount, probably gets paid more now because he's a legend uh-huh. in endorsements and only have to work six innings a game. That's kind of cool. Yeah. If he can get that down to three, that'd be awesome. Uh, he might actually before it's all said and done. I'm going to go get drunk in the back room <laughs> while my partner takes care of all of the business here. Well, looks like they just delivered the Miller Lite. I'll talk to you guys in another six innings. What do you mean I got to drink this Coke without rum? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, let's start this fucker. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, steely, truly and pioristic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing, to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world will be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hort and Matt. Hey, Pally, you are listening to yet a third adventure of myself where I'm doing stuff with things and people are getting on my nerves and I've had enough. And when you've had enough, you got to have another you. Hey, Pally, I'm here to help. I brought a rocket launcher. It seems completely impractical in urban warfare to have a rocket launcher when there's so many innocent people around. Hey, if they're so innocent, they wouldn't be around. Maybe those people just can't afford to live somewhere else. Hey, Pally, pull yourself up by the those bootstraps get out of the game warfare that's your, where i belong your neighborhood's not gonna gentrify itself pally <laughs> <laughs> hey belly i'm wearing a stocking cap in july <laughs> in la hold, in la let me get a hold of this neighborhood in the early evening i'll gentrify the shit out of it pally. No, he's, he's back in new york in this yeah, one, yeah now yeah. he's back in new york i was yeah. just making fun of hipsters wear their stocking caps yes in middle of july all the time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. fucking ass <laughs> and they have a lumberjack beard yet they've never jacked any lumber 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds dirty, but it's not, or is it? It's dirty and it's hot and it's a thing. It is a thing. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thank you man. very much, Dave. You're good. You're good. I'm not gonna lie, this is my favorite one of all three of them. That's what you were saying. Or, or all, you, all of them. Yeah. You made sure to do all the odds just, just so, so you, I could get this one. Yeah, yeah, just so you get this one. Yeah. Yep. And spoiler alert, this is the most notes I've taken on any of the death wishes I've covered so far. I noticed the paper stack is a bit thicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uh, uh my wife dropped me off here today. She goes, uh, so what do you think about two hours, three hours ago? You know, this is Court's favorite. This might go like, this might be like a four hour recording session. Hour 17 <laughs> of Court lovingly talking about <laughs> Death Wish 3. Jesus Christ, will it ever end? <laughs> well, you see the amount of clips I have. There's about 45 clips from the movie. Motherfucker. It starts at minute zero zero <laughs> and ends at what? one hour 33. Why, why didn't you just make it one long clip? Let's just listen to the movie. <laughs> Actually, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and no, this isn't going to be us talking through the movie. That's disrespectful to Death Wish 3. <laughs> so you're just going to listen to the movie. Yeah. And I'm going to save it for the the little like gush slash, you know, condemning segment yeah. that we've been doing where we kind of yeah. like give our final thoughts. We give a little bit of gush, a little yeah. bit of condemning, a little the, bit of this, a little bit of that. The reason that I love it so much, I'm going to just kind of like leave that on the back burner and we're just going to kind of leave the lead out there. Yeah. And then just set it down for people to see. Hey, Ali, <laughs> you just get to listen to the sultry sounds of my voice. I'm going to pick up my wieldy right now. I'm going to load up my own cartridges and we're going to take care of some punks. I'm going to make my own bullets too. I'm just that good. Uh, That's what you do when you make cartridges, Pally. Oh, cartridges. I, I thought you meant just loading cartridges. And Are you talking about smelting your own shells? Yes, there you go. That sounds like fun, Pally. Let's yeah. take a little break. We'll set that up. We'll play a promo for another podcast here. We'll have a little bit of music from Slayer, which is the only thing that will work for Death Wish 3 according to this bastard court. Yes, you want anything else? No dice. And when we come back, we will have the trailer for Death Wish 3. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies? Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics and others too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher one of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style and i'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me the trilogy of terror podcast where we try three times harder to give you the willies
the lyrics fit really well. Force you to be nice to each other. We'll kill you before you kill each other. Hey, Feli, that song gave me a seizure. <laughs> Slayer covering DRI, man. You, it just doesn't get any fucking better than this. I don't know. What's DRI? Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. They're like oh. a crossover band. They went from hardcore punk to like thrash metal. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like that. they're like one of the forerunners, man. Oh, all right. You, didn't, you don't know about DRI? I don't know about DRI, man. How? I, I, don't, I don't know music. Well, you know what you should know. What's that? This trailer guy voice. I'll learn New York. A city pushed to the edge, people pushed to the limit, and no one's got the guts to stop them. It's collection time, Charlie. Three murders, four rapes, nine acts of random violence. This isn't a neighborhood, it's a war. But there is one way, one man who won't be pushed. Charles Bronson. What's the problem? Now you're going to die. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante. There's one important difference. You're gonna work for me. People have got to start to fight back and hard. I sent them a message. That's him. I'll take care of him. Now he's in the middle of a war. See what you've done? You got me mad. In a world gone mad, there is only one law. His, Bronson. Death Wish 3. Bronson's back in New York. Bringing justice to the street. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. Fuck yes. God damn. <laughs> Bringing death to the streets. Bronson. Death Wish 3. Death, death Wish 3. I Bronson's wish I could do trailer guy voice during my entire review, but I will lose too. all of my vocal cords. It will be dead and gone. That guy probably smoked 15 packs of cigarettes a day to keep that up. You know he put a studio in his house and did that shit? Yeah. Like, I mean, that like, was his living, and he yeah. made probably a tremendous living out of it. Well, he became the voice, man. Yeah, like the, the voice. Late, the late 80s, like he owned. Like you wanted, all the way up until you he want died. an action movie. You, you wanted your action movie to go over well. You put trailer voice guy on the goddamn job. They used him for everything. And he, did you hear it? He did his patented in a world, yeah, yeah, in a yeah. place, in a place, in a land, in a city where <laughs> crime runs the town, in a rapist mine where Charles Bronson will put a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think about rape? Bronson will blow your brains out. It doesn't matter what the guy says. He could no. just. It could be like in your toilet where you forgot to flush. Okay. One dookie rests. It would be weird to see him do a rom-com in a town where two people are going to have a situation where they might want to be in love, but there's going to be a misunderstanding. No, I don't think it would be like that. It would be more like, uh, she was a woman who never found her place in the world. (laughs) He was a man who just couldn't find someone to love him for just who he was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. (laughs) In a world where they told the women to sit down and not speak, she's stood up. It was a small town where no one understood quite why he was such an odd duck, or why she was a spinster at 32. She she is an ugly duckling. Look at the glasses and the ponytail, but he'll make her beautiful. All he has to do is have her take her hair down, throw on a little bit of makeup, and conform to gender binary logic. <laughs> now I just God, I know that guy passed away, but now I wish he was alive just to do like funny ones now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would be perfect. All right, let's get into the movie proper All right, let's here. go. All right, so the film opens on a bus ride taken by Paul Kersey back into New York City. We actually watch him as the bus slowly transitions its way through construction hey. across the bridge. We get a shot of New York City proper as he's driving into it. Pali, traffic can be meta, if you know what I mean. It goes on for a 
really long time. It's about, um, I don't know, three minutes or so. That's a really long intro of oh, bus riding. I don't personally start losing hope until we see that the music was done once again by Jimmy Page. So that sucks. Cha-ching. <laughs> I was just kind of like, God damn it. I don't remember this movie having a bad sound. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Jimmy Page just likes cashing those checks, though. This one's better. So I did a, a little, little better. Yeah, it is. the music's a little better. It, it is a little better. I did a little research and I found out he was Michael Winner's neighbor. That's how he got the no. score. Wow. It just proves it's not what you know. It's, it's where you, you know. It's, where, it's <laughs> where who you, you know and, and your, you know, your distance from who you know. Yeah, your proximity to the talent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the credit sequence lasts for, as we talked about, it's over three minutes. It's about, what, three and a half, maybe four minutes, I think. Yeah. It goes on forever. It's like, wow, you're really padding out the front of this film. Yeah, right. Before we get... I, I got kind of worried because, as I said, I've never seen this one before. Uh-huh. So uh, it actually, I'm, I'm a liar. I have seen this watching it, but it was so long ago and it's only bits and pieces that I can really remember. Yeah. So it's almost like I watched it again for the first time. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, while this whole thing's going on, I'm like, how much fucking padding is going to be in this fucking movie? Because there's a lot in the last one and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. shit. Like your a, sense of dread just uh, develops. Right? I know. Because, uh, yeah, you start to have freaking panic attacks from the last time. It's like you're having a <laughs> nom flashback. I've seen some stuff, man, and some things. Mostly just Bronson walking around LA cityscapes. Yeah, it's fucking boring. <laughs> All right, so once the three minutes of opening stuff ends, we then get a cut to a gang of toughs invading an old man's apartment. One of them is Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. With no Ted Theodore Logan. No, no Ted Theodore Logan. They beat the old man that is there demanding that he give them money and then we see Kersey exiting his bus. It's kind of cutting back and forth between this and he attempts to call someone and what he's actually doing is calling the particular man who is being beaten. Who's getting the shit kicked out of him. With everyone Paul cares about already dead, this leaves little motivation for the titular desire of revenge. Yes. A.K.A. a wish of death. Ah. <laughs> or death we wish. Got, we got our vengeance need early today. <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, wife dead, daughter dead, girlfriend left me. I got nothing to really rage about. I'm going to go back to New York and visit my friend Charlie. You ever think he's just in New York? Like, I've only been back in town for two minutes and I've already got rage. <laughs> I already need vengeance. Jesus, this town. Why is it every time I go to visit someone I love and I'm just out of reach, they end up being brutally murdered and beaten to death? <laughs> what is it about this goddamn town? Maybe I should stay away from the coast. Things weren't so bad in Chicago. Everything chases me around. All this death and destruction. Don't go to the coast. I think I'll move to Omaha. Nothing bad ever happens there except for maybe some shitheads that do podcasts. Yes. Bad impressions of me. I'll head over there. <laughs> All right. So Paul ends up tipping the cabbie because he grabs a cab back to his buddy's house. He gives him 20 bucks to mount the curb and get around the traffic in this little jam that's ahead of him. Yeah. That cabbie's cheap. It yeah. cost uh, Black Caesar like $500 to get yeah. him to mount the curb. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then again, that guy went full bore mounting the curb. <laughs> yeah, he went for it. Yeah, he went for it. And also... Black Caesar had like a NASCAR level driver as that taxi driver the way he was missing people. Yeah. They're trying to head to his friend's house as quickly as possible who is being beaten even more to death and at this time it is Kitty Genovese style. You know that story don't you? No. Okay Kitty Genovese I can't remember exactly what city it is. It's mm. kind of like a, a legend. Some of what happened is true but mostly the, the gist of it is this. She was beaten basically to death. I, th I don't know if she was raped as well but she was crying out for help in her neighborhood. Yeah. Crying for someone to help her, someone to stop, someone to intervene, mm -hmm. and no one came to help her. Jesus. Even as she 
was left there and was slowly dying Oof. until she was found the next day dead. Oh, it's kind of when a, was this? Yeah, it's ages ago. Ages ago. Yeah. Okay. I don't know exactly what parts of that are actually true and what's an urban myth, and I maybe even got the actual story wrong. But I, I get your I get yeah. your point now. So he's crying out for help, and no one's coming to help. Right. Him. It's basically like that's why yeah. you know they mentioned Kitty Genovese. All when they the talk neighbors about can hear what's going on. They're community, they, and they're not coming to help because they're yeah. scared as well. When it's community responsibility and that kind of thing, when they talk about a Kitty Genovese is the name that's brought up. Yes. Okay. So it's a real thing that happened to her, but the tale of her death has been kind of mythologized is the word I was looking for. So. Gotcha. All right. So everyone else is just kind of listening and they're shrinking down like little shriveling violets, yeah. except for one old lady gets up and decides to call the police for help, but it's way, way too late. Oh, of course. Paul arrives to find that Charlie is still somewhat alive and that leads to our very first clip. Charlie. Jeez, Charlie, what happened? Paul, take care of my things, will you, till I get back? Move in your dead asshole! He's dead. The son of a bitch killed him. Get him out of here. Come on, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Come on, move it. Come on, Kendall, you did it. We know you did it. You know we know you did it. <coughs> no bruises, see? Hey, you want a glass of water? Huh? You can't have it. Not till you tell us what we want to know. Chief. Who's this dude? Mr. Kimball here doesn't want to talk. Leave. Kimball, is it? Son of a bitch. I'll be a son of a bitch. It's not Kimball. I know you. Kersey. It's Paul Kersey. You see, I was with the New York PD the night they brought a vigilante in with a bullet in his leg. You're out like a light. Ten years. Mr. Vigilante. Last damn thing I need is a vigilante. Dude, you're in big trouble. What were you doing up in that area? East New York and Belmont. I was visiting a friend. Well, maybe you did it. Probably not. I found him that way, and I'm no more Mr. Vigilante. What would I do with you, dude? I don't know, but I want a lawyer. No, you don't. Maybe I should have you killed. Who's gonna complain? You always violate people's constitutional rights. This is my jail, Kersey. And I'm the law. That means I get to violate your constitutional rights. Son of a bitch! Cool up! Come on, tough guy! Come on! Watch him, And forget bail! And watch him! Make sure he doesn't get comfortable! Hey, Chief, you all right? You always violate people's constitutional rights. Yeah, that's kind of laughable coming from Kersey if you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, he feels that he has constitutional rights. He shouldn't. I'm be treated one of like the good that. guys with a gun. Yeah, gotta say, absolutely stoked to see Ed Lauder right. pop up in this movie. He's fucking great. I love Ed Lauder. Yeah, he's been on the show before. Do you remember? Hmm. He was the wife-beating mechanic in Cujo. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he plays a shithead so well too. Oh, he's so fucking perfect at it. Like yeah. he does incredible. Or he'll do like a, I mean, he a does, lawman kind of guy who's not really yeah. a shithead, but it's just kind of hard ass. He's, well, that's what he does here. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not a, a bad guy per se. He has a face turn in the end, but <laughs> face turn. But he's still kind of an asshole. <laughs> You're using wrestling. Lingo. I did. I just use wrestling lingo on the show. We have enough people who enjoy wrestling who yeah. listen to this. They'll well, get if it. You, if you don't know what a heel and a face is yeah. and how that works and whether in you do wrestling. a heel turn or a face turn, yeah. just freaking message us in the group. We'll explain it to you, but you should know. I mean, most people can figure that out. Yeah. You, you, he has, a, he has a face turn at the end of this, so it's yeah. nice. He turned baby face. He's not, even, he's not even full heel. He's just no, like... No, he's a, he's a tweener is what yeah, they call him. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what he is. Yo, he, he's, he's like a jobber where he's just yeah. there to like pin me and pay me kind of guy. <laughs> well, kind of, but he's also kind of a tweener in which he just comes in and kind of beats the shit out of everybody in the ring, like faces and heels, and then he leaves. And you don't quite know if you want to cheer for him or boom, but you're pretty <laughs> excited he showed up. <laughs> he's like Sting from WCW in the 90s. Or he's Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Steve Austin. 
lost in in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Those well, those yeah. those were your two. Tweeners. Yeah, your tweeners. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. you didn't know what Sting was doing yet when he was doing the crow gimmick, and Austin when he first started showing up was uh, they tried to push him heel, but he turned tweener because everyone thought it was cool to see people get their asses kicked. My favorite Ed Lauder hard ass guy character that he's ever played was the father in uh, Gleaming the Cube. Gleaming the Cube. That was the Christian Slater skateboard movie. Yeah, he was Christian Slater's dad. That's in that. right. Yeah, I loved him in that, and uh, he was oh Jesus man, like uh, My Blue Heaven. He was the head of the FBI that <laughs> Rick Moranis's character worked for. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but Ed Lauder's like that guy. Every yeah. time you pop, he pops up. You know him, and you've seen him, and he just it's like he's a always sh- yelling at somebody. It's a short change way because he's so good at playing that hard ass like hardline yeah. mouthing down to people and just fucking chewing people's asses out. Well, he's always yelling at somebody. With this, the pigs toss Kersey in general holding cells with the rest of the animals. God damn, dude. <laughs> Where a large man has apparently torn out the toilet and tries to take him on. He goes charging at him. Paul Kersey uses that momentum to slam his head between the bars, which it looked like it didn't fit naturally. Nope. That guy had some serious injury. Yeah, that guy, that probably <laughs> that probably did him in for a bit. Yeah, his head went between the two bars of the cell. There's blood everywhere. That's going to ruin his Saturday. Everybody else, pretty much all the other prisoners are laughing their ass off and having a good old time. But good old Brad from Superman 3 looks on in disdain and apathy and is really disgusted by what Paul Kersey has just done. Yeah, man. Brad's pissed. <laughs> he was also the main, like, uh, general guy that Mad Mardigan knew from Willow. I can't remember his yeah, name in he's that. Also had a, he had also had a few other 80s roles where he was like that coked up, like, shithead businessman, bad boyfriend dude. That The same character he played in Superman 3, he's played before. Because I remember always seeing him as like the shithead boyfriend or the shithead business guy. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever seen him play one role where he wasn't a complete and total prick, but yeah. he was still kind of a prick. Yeah. And that was in the sequel to The Descent. And oh, I've never seen yeah. that. Yeah. It's okay. I oh. mean, it's, you know, it's a it's a part two. Yeah, it's a part two. <laughs> Sequels suck. Well, part twos are usually, a, you know, a, a little bit of a step down. Sometimes you get a rebound with part three, like with Death Wish. Well, yeah. Sometimes it's much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Dream Warriors, that was a step up. Hey, Dream Wars was a way step up from the homoerotic Nightmare Elves Street Part 2. I have no problem with it being a homoerotic. I don't have it either, but I have the a problem with terrible. how horny it is. Yeah. yeah. That's the problem I have. You have a problem about how horny it is? Well, that's nice. Uh, about how horny it makes me to watch Jesse dance in his bedroom, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they cut from that to the chief is drinking and looking at the monitors watching Kersey do his business. I think he's putting him into a terror dome here just to kind yeah. of see how he handles himself. Yeah, or well, ma- better than the Thunder Dome. Or maybe he's just a fucking pig who likes to watch people get beat up in cells. That's true. <laughs> then they dissolve from this to pigs arriving, handing out coffee. Wow, dude, I mean... There are no it, cops in this movie. There it's are only no, pigs. Yeah, really? I mean, yeah. Is it just pigs throughout the whole thing? Yeah, I think it's... You don't come up with any other names? <laughs> Maybe. I might say bacon, but (laughs) it's pigs. They hand out coffee to each other as some new shift arrives, and Kersey is quote-unquote moved on Mm. by two big thugs because what I have in my notes as reverse mohawk Brad. Yeah, (laughs) he does. Like, dude, you fucked up, man. I got a mohawk. Well, they fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I want it short in the long places and long in the short places. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Give me a mohawk, but make it short in the long, long places and long, long in the, the short places. Place. <laughs> hey, guys, what do you think of my new mohawk? Dude, instead of beating it up on old people for the money, go kick the shit out of your barber because he fucked that shit up real yeah. bad. It's not even a bihawk where it's shaved yeah. except for two on the sides. Yeah, it's like a little like the, like the bald guy fucking does uh, in uh, Prodigy, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah the Prodigy the guy, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm not even... It's not even like that. He's not even doing the vicious fire starter. Yeah. He literally just bicked the middle of his fucking yeah. head. Dude, who, who cut your hair? My mom? Well, your mom's blind as fuck. I want you to cut my hair as a child with an emotional problem would do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so reverse Mohawk Brad, which I've shortened to reverse Mohawk yeah. later on in my notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says they need to make a move on him. He just doesn't like that Paul Kersey's a badass, and he doesn't want an alpha male in the same cell as him. Well, he's got to he, do something about it. He's wondering why Paul Kersey can grow better hair just above his lip than he can on his whole head. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So a three-on-one fight ensues where Kersey's actually handling himself okay. He's taking out the two big guys, no problem. Yeah, uh, Paul, you know, uh, throughout the years has probably perfected his fighting skills. And we hear about that later on and we know about it, but yeah. we're not quite there yet. We're not but he's, there yet, but... He's, he's clearly like action hero version of Paul Kersey. Yes, yes. Uh, he, he is now at third level Paul Kersey. <laughs> yeah, he's not just building buildings anymore. He's an architect of kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I drew these plans up, Pally, about how I'm going to whoop the shit out of you. Well, the pigs bust in and they break up the fight and drag reverse Mohawk Brad into another cell. And that leads to our next clip. Fracker, you're being released. Five minutes. See, I got a lawyer, but I got to tell you, if they hadn't broken us up, I would have killed you next time. You won't even see me coming. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill a little old lady just for you. Catch it on the six o'clock news. You got some free time in your hands. Come on up to Sutter and Belmont. That's my turn. So long, asshole. You're out. But it's going to take them a couple of hours to put the papers through. Two more hours in this fucking pit. Sure, whatever you say. Schreiker. Inspector Schreiker. What are you doing with this prisoner, Kimbo? Keeping him in jail. Well, there's nothing been said here. What's the bail? Bail? There is no bail. What are the charges? There are no charges. Are you out of your mind? You're violating all his rights. What the hell do you think you're doing? He'll sue. He's got a case, you know. Not likely. Who is Kimball? You're going to have to let him out. Stay out of this one, Miss Davis. Three murders, four rapes, eight muggings, nine acts of random violence, some of the most orderly drug traffic in the city, more robberies than I care to mention, broken storefront windows, fire bombings, all this within a six-square-block area of Sutter and Belmont. I could qualify that as a riot. This isn't a neighborhood. It's a war. What are we doing about that, Captain Stearns? Well, we know it's gang-related. We put more uniformed officers out, put more cars on patrol. We increased our real effort 15% in the last month. And tell us the results. Reported crime is up 11%. Let's you and I have a talk. Leave with me. So how you feeling, Kersey? Where have you been recently, Kersey? In the country. Have an arrest. You see, Kersey, I admire you. I'm a real fan. Even kept a folder on you. Truth is, I hate creeps, too. But I can't do much about it. I'm a cop. But you, you shoot him, right? I have a theory. If I'm right, you turned pro after L.A. Six creeps shot in 36 hours. Then four gang members in Kansas City, two mugger rapists in Chicago. Like I said, I'm through with all that. Really? Then why are you here? Well, it's a great city. I missed it. All right. You want something in this burg? Have it. It's on me. You went out of here? You got it. I'll minimize the vigilante stuff with the press. Tell them it's creeps killing creeps. Nobody cares anyway. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante. With one important difference. You're gonna work for me. Do your thing, but you report to me. You tell me what's going on. You tell me everything you're even thinking of doing. Let us get some busts. Stand, or I'll keep you here the whole freezes over. We understand each other? You in? One other thing. Cross me, and I'll bury you so deep they'll never find the bones. 
You're letting me loose? I'm letting you loose. What about the gun? The gun? I didn't see any report of a gun, did you? If there was a gun, I'd have to charge you with possessing a firearm. They're illegal in this city. Davis, the public defender is arranging your release. It's gonna take a while. You sit out there and wait. Kimball, watch it. There's a new breed on the streets. Wow, can we just violate all sorts of laws, civil rights, and everything else? And also, let's just advocate a fucking vigilante, <laughs> psychopath, serial killer who's who's turned professional apparently. Now, now yeah. we now we can talk about it. You yeah. know, he's a he's a fucking pro at life. Well, he's or a, ending it. Yeah, I think what they were kind of hinting at is that after L.A., Kersey has been brought in to specifically target problem killers and or rapists, muggers, yeah. particular areas that need to have. A well, specific problem taken care of. Can I? Can so I, he's. It's like he's almost like getting hired by administration see, to quietly kill off people. I looked at it a different way. Uh-huh. So after LA, he gets done building that new radio station, right? Yeah. Paul Kersey's reaching probably retirement age, and what do people? A lot of people do in retirement. Maybe they buy an RV and they go cross country to see the country. <laughs> well, he bought an RV and he went cross country instead of he just picks up newspapers, see where the killing's bad, goes to those towns, yeah. and fucking ends it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe that's what he does for his retirement. I think he's like, you know what? I built my last building. It, you know, it was fucking expensive, and he probably made a great commission off of it. He goes, I have enough money. Fuck it. Sold his nice house in L.A. You know, he's got no fiance. Time to retire. Let's go cross-country murdering. You do what you love, Pally, and I love wasting creeps. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Listen, you work for money, but you kill creeps for enjoyment. (laughs) Yeah. No, th- this movie automatically just goes, you know what? Fuck you. We're just going to go so far over the top and turn him into nope. the ultimate vigilante hired killer. After this, we see Reverse Hawk head into a gang den, which apparently he runs the gang because why else would he have that ridiculous of a haircut and no one beats him up for it? Exactly, right? <laughs> How did no one wedgie you to death yet, my friend? <laughs> as, you must run a gang. As he murders a dude who apparently was trying to take his spot. So Reverse Hawk has been in the slammer for a while, but they didn't really have anything they could really hold him on. They've just been holding him, and we don't really know why. We don't know what it's all about, but he basically has been out, and then this dude has been trying to take over his gang while he's gone. Well, maybe if someone's parents would have held him a bit more, we wouldn't have this problem. I think if someone's parents would have held all of these kids a little bit more, yeah, we wouldn't we, have we, this we'd problem. Be all right. Or maybe they held them too much well, in some, some cases. Well, some of them maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't know. So we then see that Kersey is finally released, and the public defender slash future love interest for Paul Kersey tries to talk him into stewing the pigs for his civil rights being violated. <laughs> he looks at her and says, I'll be fucking you later, but no dice. No dice. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in lawsuits, lady. I prefer to take care of things my own way hey. with my buddy Wildy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't believe in civil rights. <laughs> I don't believe in civil rights for other people, but for myself, I like them. I believe in my civil rights to end the rights of others. <laughs> Stop stepping on my freedom to end the lives of many other people. Within seconds of his release, Kersey attempts to run down a mugger who is giggling as he runs off with some lady's purse. He's basically the Flash of crackheads. Yeah, he's a giggly little hyena running around. Yeah, he's the Flash of crackheads is what I first refer to him as. Yeah, the Flash of crackheads. Wow, where'd he go? He literally just disappears into a parking garage. He rounds a corner and is gone. Even Superman's in that city going, I fucking lost him. Where'd he go? (laughs) 
cut away from this to Counselor Troy is verbally <laughs> assaulted. We had we had uh, Rapey LaForge and now Counselor, Counselor Troy, Troy has to show up. She's she's gonna have a bad time. TNG she, is strong in this series. She, she should have been able to read someone's mind to know she should have moved. Oof, yeah, <laughs> not good, not good that's at all. That's bad. All right, so she's verbally assaulted by Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. Yes, that's how he's referred to in my notes every time he pops up on screen. All right, so Bill S. Preston Esquire jumps on to Counselor Troy's car as she tries to speed off into the same garage that Paul Kersey happens to be standing in, wondering what the fuck happened with that flash of crackheads. <laughs> Kersey picked up a pipe that was just laying around in the fucking garage for no reason. They're just pipes around. And then Paul Kersey dumps Bill S. Preston Esquire in the head with a pipe, allowing Counselor Troy to escape by backing out and driving off. She's got some NASCAR levels of driving herself. Hi, lady. Hey, maybe give me a ride. No, okay. Well, no dice. <laughs> Not even a thank you for <laughs> saving you? Can I get a wave? I hate it when people cut in front of me in traffic don't even wave. Paul then is greeted by an old man yelling at him from the window as he walks past his buddy Charlie's old apartment building. And that leads to our next clip. Hey, be right down. Who are you? I was Charlie's friend. Me too. You must be Paul. Yeah. I'm Bennett. Charlie spoke about you all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Come on. They broke that yesterday. Well, it's the neighborhood. And you missed the funeral. It's a nice funeral as far as funerals go. And that's Charlie and me in World War II. I knew Charlie, oh, 40 years. Charlie says that he met you during the Korean War. Yeah. That was a conscientious objective. But he didn't agree with that, but we got along all right. As a matter of fact, we got to be very good friends. Kept in touch with one another over the years. We lived a few blocks from here. My wife died. I moved over here. And believe it or not, this is a pretty good neighborhood for the change. I got a letter from Charlie a few days ago. He was really scared. They didn't like him, the bastards, so they killed him. Who killed Charlie? The creeps on the street. He wouldn't take any of their lip. He wouldn't pay them. He said he was going to do something about it. Pay? Like in protection? Protection, robbery, theft, your money or your life. They hit the old people up here in the projects. You know, what goes on out there is a disgrace. Now, wait a minute. Who killed Charlie? I'll show you. Those three. I saw them running away from the building when Charlie got killed. Their faces are painted. Well, they belong to the same gang. Well, we got hell here. They say it's their turf. See him? Yeah. What about him? Well, he runs the gang. He's the worst. He's been away. I don't know where. Looks like he could just go up and smash him in the face, doesn't it? Well, can't be done. What do you mean? He's got guys watching him. I saw a guy try to reach him once. They chopped him to pieces before he got six feet. Is it worth living here like this? You mean move? Everybody who can has. Me? I got nowhere to go. I fix clocks, meters for the cab company. I got a little place down the street. That's what I do. I'm not going to get run out of here. Are you going to go back where you came from? Bennett, when I got to Charlie's apartment, he was still alive. Did he say anything? Yeah, he said, uh, take care of my things until I get back. I've got the keys to his apartment. The rent is paid till the end of the month. Well, they've cleaned up, they've dusted for prints, and already through with their investigation. Cops don't care. Well, like you said, the rent's paid till the end of the month. Good night. See you in the morning. Lock your door. I think that that neighbor has it about right where he says, cops don't care. Well, these cops in the in the movie don't care. <laughs> or just in general. Wow. They, I can't back that up. But if they okay. can just avoid work or, you know, Jesus, doing man. anything other than just filling their cops. Come on. Shooting on our black kids for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fortunately, a lot of them do do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got me there. I can't. I can't argue that point. <laughs> With this, Paul moves into his buddy's apartment and begins surveillance on the gang.
gangs. The crackhead Flash is named the Giggler, apparently. And he, appropriate. Yeah, he's told all of this by the guy. Like, Mr. Old Man Bennett upstairs, who's like clock repair. Knows he, everything. He's a wellspring of knowledge, but it never really feels like expository dialogue. It really feels like he's like, this is the surveillance I've done. This is the intel I have. Yeah. Like a military man who's been watching them, but hasn't been able to do anything. And like, he knows that this man's going to do something. So he's I'm, trying to help him. I'm positive this old man stormed Omaha Beach and survived. <laughs> Yeah, he feels like it because he he's feels, a World War II vet. Yeah, yeah, he he feels like he ain't scared of much. And, you know, I'm pretty sure if you've you know ran the beaches of Normandy, you're probably going to be all right for the rest <laughs> of your life about fear. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Or at least you know how to compartmentalize yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, to, it's to, to avoid, like, having it take you over. Because yeah. I just think about storming the beaches of Normandy and I go, well, I wet myself. That's nice. <laughs> and old man Bennett ends up telling him that Crackhead Flash, a.k.a. the Giggler, actually did murder a girl when he tried to take her purse or something like that yeah. and she fought back so he stabbed her in the skull Ugh. or something along those lines. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, uh, uh, Crackhead Flash is a, is, is a bad dude and he should be dealt with. Well, all of the people in this neighborhood Partially. that have the little face paint warrior stuff. I know, what the fuck is that too? Fucking, that's weak gang shit. I'm telling you right now, man. Get a fucking tattoo. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> with your fucking face paint. Look yeah. at me. These are my gang colors. You fucking, uh, it's a solid rain and I won't know what gang you're in anymore. <laughs> Get a face tattoo, except, like a real psycho. Except for yeah. reverse hawk. Reverse hawk guy. Yeah, he I, shaves it so that it's specifically right there in the middle, yeah. I, I can tell you're the gang, the worst gang ever. <laughs> <laughs> the gang of worst haircuts ever put on film. Hey guys, we're really badass. We put paint in our faces to show you what gang we're in. After this, we see that Counselor Troy, who is named Maria in this film for some reason. Or uh, uh, Counselor Troy. It's, count, it's fucking Counselor yeah. Troy, everyone. <laughs> I think she's a Greek actress and she's playing a Hispanic woman. Well, I mean, she plays the head of Mossad in NCIS, so <laughs> I'm just saying, she's got range. <laughs> or she just has that, what Hollywood likes to refer to as vaguely ethnic look, look. to her that they can use in some she's, way, shape, or she's form. She's just ethnic enough to make white audiences feel safe, but, you know, not totally ethnic, so the white audiences don't feel like, you know, they're in danger. <laughs> <laughs> if they light her in a certain way, she's just ethnic enough to make them feel uncomfortable under an audience. Ugh, if it. they light her in another way, then they can be very comfortable because she's non-threatening. White people are a bunch of pussies, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> In need of a Paul Kersey to take care of us all. Yes, we do. Yeah, we need our vigilante to help us out. <laughs> Paul Kersey, save me. Save me, Paul Kersey. Yeah. All right, so her name is Maria, but her husband is Manny, and he just introduces himself as Rodriguez. They drop by, and it's just literally like a drop by. It just pops up. Mm. A lot Hi. of weird editing in this movie I never noticed before. Uh, I Yeah. A lot I, of weird, uncomfortable, like, quick good. shots and stuff. When like, your critical eye watching this, is, I've become now more watching movies yeah. with a critical eye. I'm like, man, these are weird fucking cuts, man. It's just like, it's like at one point they're sitting down having coffee, then at another point everyone's running. <laughs> Why it's, are we panicking? It's not quite that bad, but like, it's like these weird juxtaposition, like yeah. like really like make you jumpy offset cuts where yeah. it's like different weird angles, like through somebody's armor and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like like if in a horror movie, like a killer removes someone's head and then the very next scene, it's, you know, old ladies having coffee and tea and shit. And you're like, uh, what the fuck are you guys doing? No, I'm talking about like within the scene where all of a sudden they're just there. I know. When he cuts in the scene, it's like, what the? Where, they, I didn't see them come in. Yeah. We didn't hear them knock. They're just he's, there. He's alone making dinner and then all of a sudden he's sitting down with five other people. Hey, this is a great dinner, everybody. I'm so glad we met each other. Yeah. It feels like... When? 
It feels like this movie has like serious parts missing and like they chopped it all down it's, for time. It's almost like he was sitting there having dinner and then it cuts and it's five people sitting at the table and goes, these 10 years of friendship we've all endured, it's been really great. What the fuck? It's 10 years. <laughs> so they drop by to thank Paul for helping Maria with Bill S. Preston Esquire and keeping him from being able to assault her. Yes. And Paul ends up making a call to get his friend Wildy. That's the most bogus to come help. <laughs> So, Wildy is kind of a thing they just keep saying over and yeah. over again, but he talks about him being his friend and... Yeah, my friend Wilding. Yeah, Wildy. Wildy. Yeah, yeah Wildy. He Will says Wildy. Yeah. Wildy. Yeah. And Paul heads to the post office to rent a post office box because there's no way mail delivered to his house is going to be, you know, safe. Ever. Yeah, right. And then he buys a used car paying in cash as bait. I wrote that down before he literally just says it a couple minutes it's, later. I'm paying, I'm paying this in cash. Paul talks about how some food being cooked ends up smelling great when he was coming up to the lobby after mentioning how his car was bait. And Paul is then introduced to his other neighbors downstairs in our next clip. It's probably coming from the Caprov's apartment on the first floor. Caprov's? Yeah. I'll introduce you. Come on. Well, these are the Caprov's. There's Eli, Erica, there's Mr. Kersey. He's now in apartment 2C. And uh, he was admiring your dinner. Stuffed cabbage. Smells wonderful. Would you like to join us? Sure. Can I have a few minutes to clean up? Oh, certainly. Okay, right back. Nice man. Mm. My sister said know him. I married him in 1931. <laughs> 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 Come on, the fucking car open. Excuse me, please. Hey, what's the problem? What? With the car, what's the problem? Just get out of my fucking face. Who are you? We're still in the fucking car. What's it to you? It's my car. Now you're going to die. We heard shots. What happened? I sent them a message. <laughs> I, sent, I sent them a message now. Back to this delicious stuffed cabbage. Tell all of your friends that I won't tolerate having my car busted into. And also the stuffed cabbage here is excellent. Tell all your friends that too. I really think they should open up a business. Oh, I just murdered you. How are you going to tell anybody anything I just said? <laughs> Ooh, I'll have to tell people about the cabbage. <laughs> I'm assuming that the message is don't fuck with me. Okay, your <laughs> body will be the messages for not to fuck with me. And then I'll spread the message about the cabbage. Word of mouth alone is going to have the capras. <laughs> cooking cabbage all day for everybody. Mm, that cabbage is delicious. <laughs> all right, after this, we see the gang tossing bottles at cop cars, which looks like a shitload of fucking fun. Jesus, man. <laughs> Come on. You don't think that looked like fun? That's not fun. It's not fun. Running police out of your neighborhood and scaring the shit out of the cops, that doesn't look like fun to you? No. Oh, that looks like a shitload of fun. All right, so they're throwing bottles at cop cars, which looks like a shitload of fucking fun, no matter what Matt says. No, it's not fun. And they end up murdering a rival gang member who just showed up outside of his turf. And it's done with a fire axe. Yeah. So these gangs are not fucking around. They're, no, they're super psychopaths. They got some, they, they, they are, they're a bit strange. They're, they're a bit off. They're 80s comic book villain. They really level are. Level of gang. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're really over the top. Uh-huh. This is like Batman Legends of the Dark Knight level of gang members yeah, we're dealing with exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are the freaks? <laughs> they cut away from this to a pig motivational speech from our man, Ed Lauder. Oh, 
Holy shit, man. In our next clip. Gentlemen, the streets are full of degenerates killing each other indiscriminately. Arrest them. Your guys aren't pussies, are they, Stearns? Chief. I want some arrests, felony arrests, and a couple of bodies on slabs in the morgue. They can be your guys' bodies or some of that trash up there. Get that? You even named it pig motivational speech? Well, yeah, that's what the clip is. It's oh. a motivational speech for pigs by a pig. My God, man. <laughs> you know, though, to be quite honest, I knew we were in trouble when I was watching this. I'm like, oh, he is going to really rail. He's going to get on that soapbox so high. <laughs> well, you heard the guy. He's like, look, I want bodies in the slabs. It's either going to be yours or those creeps. This is a, he's declaring war. Yeah. He wants these gang members murdered. He does. No due process, no criminal trials, no do your job as an actual police officer. It's go out there and shoot an unarmed black kid in the back. It's Trump's America. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad. It makes it harder to enjoy this movie like I used to. Uh, right? They cut away from this to Maria and her husband Manny are accosted by a gang member who shoves him down with the old squat and shove. Man, what are they fucking like junior high level bullies yes. here when they do that shit? Yeah. <laughs> they, they are pieces of shit. <laughs> Basically. Paul ends up clocking one of them and lays him the fuck out and then they get up and run off so that problem is solved. There we go. And you notice how everybody in the neighborhood notices that someone had the guts to stand up to the gang members yep. and so people start getting this real like vigilante motivation thing going that yeah. they want to join in. Yeah well all it takes is one and then when people are like well fuck it if he's gonna do it yeah I'll help him out and then we'll even up some numbers in this. Oh uh, so this gets noticed by more neighbors who are happy to have a thug like Kersey doling out some vigilante smackdowns and justice. He even gets introduced to some other neighbors who will more than likely cook cabbage for him. Oh yeah probably <laughs> stuffed cabbage man. I do this for the eats. I do. <laughs> That's Listen, why I kill gang members. I'm gonna be 100% honest with you guys. I'm actually a big foodie and uh, I find that some of the inner cities have the best food spots but I have to take care of some business and dole out some justice. I like some very specifically home cooked meals done by ethnicities <laughs> but I don't know what they are until I smell the cooking. Is this stuffed so cabbage? So cook for me. Hold on a second. Let me take out my camera. I gotta take a picture before I eat it. This, this is, is great presentation. This is going up on my Instagram. <laughs> Listen, if you really want to check it out, it's Kersey Dulls Out Justice 9922. It's at death <laughs> underscore wish three. Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody got one and two already. <laughs> but two is kind of lame. It's all filler shots of nothing. <laughs> it's, I, mean, I mean, the beginning's kind of harsh and I wouldn't really suggest it. And the rest is filler. All right. So they cut from that to Paul gets a call while doing push-ups, and it's reverse Mohawk Brad who That's threatens him once again. This guy does a lot of phone call like fucking threats. He's a telephone tough guy. Yeah. Alright, so he notices boot prints are in his bathroom and that someone was walking through his apartment and he builds a giant well, I don't know what else to refer to it as. It's a nail board, right? Yeah. It's a nail board deterrent where he just puts it through like a cabinet door mm -hmm. or like a pocket door or something like that and he places it underneath the window right there in the bathroom so when someone tries to come in, they're gonna get hurt. Yeah, that's gonna suck for them. They cut from that to Paul Kersey out on his nighttime concert Constitutional. Hey, listen, you don't catch the punks unless you go stalking the streets. This stuff worked so well in Death Wish 2, I figured I should
could walk around the streets a little bit. I like walking around the street. Gives me a chance to find dirt bags. He is signaled by the chief who flashes his lights at him. And that leads to our next clip. Well, what do you think of the neighborhood? Thought you said I was to be here on my own. You're right. I think I said that. Look, uh, I'd like some for the papers. You give me a bust. I'll send in a tactical squad. They'll grab a headline. What do you say? Can't help you. Nothing happened, huh? I don't know anything. Look, Kersey. Oh, I do know one thing. Fraker is the chief creep around here. Why don't you bust him? He's got a cleaner arrest record than you. Perfect citizen. When he does something, he does it privately. Like I said, I can't help you. Shit, man, I'm hurt. Son of a bitch. What is this, man? We gotta turn the screws on them motherfuckers. <laughs> Give me some money, woman. For protection from creeps who live around here. You're the creep. Hey, you. Get out of my way. I'm not enough of you creeps. What are you doing up here? Looking for you. How did you find me up here? I decided if I waited to hear from you, I never would. Oh, Shriper was no help. I read the arrest report and made a calculated guess. I was right. You live there, don't you? Yeah, uh, Miss Davis. Davis. I told you before, I'm not going to file any charges. Would you like to have dinner? What? Well, I'm not usually this bold. Taking a taxi to some place, I think someone might not be to ask them out. But why not? How many people do I meet in my job who I can ask out to dinner? Look around. You shouldn't be up here. It's not safe. Oh, nonsense. I'm a city girl. Come on, do me a favor. Say yes so I can get out of here without being mugged. Okay, all right. When? Friday. Friday? Friday's good for me. My place. I live in a basement. It's a nice basement. What are you doing up here? A friend of mine was killed, trying to find out what happened. Why? There's nothing you can do. Oh, I'll put it in a book I'm writing. Look, your meter's running. I'll see you Friday. Friday. Thank you. Come on, mister. You were brandishing a gun. What do you mean, brandishing? Some kids tried to come in my back window. I waved it at them. What should I have done? The complaints were that you were brandishing a firearm, mister. Complaints? Who? That's none of your concern, sir. Can we have the gun? Possession is a felony in the city limits. If you surrender the weapon, we'll forget it happened. Otherwise, you go to jail. Eli, give him the gun. Erica, it's our protection. Please. Thanks, mister. Listen! Come in here anytime we like. You got that? Pop! Anytime! <laughs> the first floor is the worst, but they come in wherever they want from the fire escapes. They're good friends. It's 90 degrees outside, and I've had my windows nailed shut. I'll take care of it. But I'll need a few things first. This is how it works. I put a nail in the window right here. Anybody opening the window raises the nail. <laughs> what are you doing? Thinning the herd. Hey! I want to make a house call, man. I'm a little short on cash. For 20 minutes, you play. Then you all go out to work. Mr. Bennett, I know you like a lot. Yes, I do. What are those? Teeth. APB, left at 121 Sutter. Suspect is described as Latino, about 5'6". Missing two front teeth. I decided just to kind of condense a whole bunch of screen time down yeah. because during this, we see that Paul gets a date. Reverse Hawk eyes the public defender and kind of keeps an eye on her because he notices that Paul is hanging out with her there for a moment. Paul ends up building an improvised home defense booby trap. Yep. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Home Alone's got nothing on Paul Kersey no, for doing man. damage to protect your house. Yeah, Kevin, you better fucking up your fucking game. <laughs> if the wet bandits came into Kersey's place, they're dead on sight. He'd leave them hung out to dry. <laughs> 
They cut from that to cops get a call of mugger missing teeth, as we kind of heard there at the end of the clip. Well, then it's also that old age adage that, uh, uh, you know, because they're really, they, I mean, these movies kind of dump on cops a lot. That The cops are, you know, instead of going after the people who would kill the cops, they'll go after the good citizens and take their gun. Yeah, yeah, you're in trouble. You know, give us your guns. For a while there, I actually thought, like at the start of it, that it was actually just two thugs who stole cop uniforms. Yeah. And they're trying to go through and disarm the entire neighborhood nope. and also get their get guns that way for themselves. And it really felt like that because those two guys were really bad actors. Yeah. And like the two cops. And I was uh-huh. like, what the fuck? I mean, is this, are they like doped up? What? Why are they acting like that? Yeah. And, I'm like, and then before I even got a chance to process it, they just cut to the next thing. Yeah. No, I, think, I just gun. think they were just bad actors. Yeah. <laughs> but they're supposed to be real cops There's who, a- instead of actually going after the muggers and criminals outside who will hurt them, yeah. Well, just, you know, oh, look, I'm doing my job by busting these citizens. Yeah, because he knows that they can get away with it. And yeah. they're more or less, I think they're just taking a gun so that they have a gun that doesn't really trace to them so that they can murder someone themselves. In this movie. <laughs> sure. They cut away from that to the Giggler, a.k.a. Flash of Crackheads, makes another purse snatch, and Paul and Manny Rodriguez fail to run him down once again. He's too fast. We are introduced to Wildy, finally, and because it was fetishize the way it's described, yeah. that's our next clip. Yeah, of course. This Wildy front of yours. Can you catch this guy? Well, who's Wildy? You'll see. Wildy's here. Fires a 475 Wildy Magnum. Real stopping power. Is that like a 44 Magnum? No, a 44 Magnum is a pistol cutch. But a 475 Wildy Magnum is a shorter version of the African big game cartridge. Makes a real mess. All right, it's important to note that whenever Death Wish 3 was being released, Dirty Harry was this big thing, and yeah. he was talking about his 44 Magnum. Magnum yeah, and, yeah, with that one scene. Yeah. And they decided that they needed to have Paul Kersey get a weapon that would rival and or surpass it. Yeah. Which is specifically why the one guy mentions the 44 handgun. Yep. Which is the most powerful handgun known to mankind. Did I fire five or, or six, six shots? shots? <laughs> well, Do you feel lucky, punk? punk? But what they end up pointing out is that the Wildy fires a four. 457, which is a bigger cartridge, yeah. which is essentially the size of an elephant gun slug yeah. <laughs> put into a smaller cartridge like a 44. Fucking Kersey has a gun now. It's a, a, a gun that's synonymous with Kersey. Yeah, it's a uh, specially tailor-made thing where you actually have to load the bullets specifically for it. Like mm-hmm. it, you have to have custom-made bullets for it, basically. Yeah. To be able to fire it, which is why it has that adjustable action that we see later on in the movie uh-huh. um, that they pointed out. This entire film was probably financed by the people who make wildy probably but it's also it's also they wanted you could tell they wanted like you could tell i didn't know like all the facts that you just said kersey's excalibur is what they're going for yeah but but you know i didn't know the notes you just said about dirty hair harry but i was almost think i was thinking that while watching this i go this was you can tell was done right around the same time as dirty harry and they decided well you know dirty harry has a gun that's synonymous with him you know the vigilante should have one too yeah like a weapon that's synonymous with him yeah you know they kind of tried to do an outfit that was synonymous with the vigilante in number two you know the pea coat with the stocking cap and walking around you know where he dressed like that instead of and he had a very specific um it was a gun that was made by beretta but it's not a beretta gun it was beretta made that for somebody yeah but even then he grabbed like another gun because he was running low on ammo on the other gun so i mean they didn't really give him a weapon as much as they almost gave him like a superhero costume in number two yeah kind of and number three instead of doing a superhero costume him, they just they gave him his Excalibur. Yeah, well, his his weapon. What Paul Kersey works best for me is the leather 
jacketed Paul Kersey with the gun for me. This is the best yeah. version of Paul Kersey to me. Number three's best yeah. version. Yeah. yeah. There's very specific reasons for it. And we'll, I would like we'll to cross. I would like to cross number the, the outfit for number two Paul Kersey because I like how he like yo he's business Paul Kersey, not vigilante in a suit. And then he comes out and he's in the the coat and the hat, and then give him his Excalibur. You know, mesh the two <laughs> hands together, and that's that's perfect vigilante right there. Well, that's how you make your own vigilante movie, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> After this, we see Maria grabbed by the gang outside of the grocery store by Reverse Hawk and the other gang members. I think one of them was Bill S. Preston Esquire, wasn't I he? I think not? so. She is stripped of her shirt, and then her breasts are groped very violently. And then she screams. Yeah. And so you're, you're well aware of what happened to her. Well, we're not there yet. Oh, we're not. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. An older couple happens upon them and is scared off by the thugs so that they cannot help her. And she is then dragged into a car and driven off before the security cam can catch it and the security guard is completely oblivious. Yes. I think he was off pinching a loaf. Probably. That's what security guards do. They, they all just go shit all day long. <laughs> or at least in the most opportune moment. That's yeah, what right. movie, that If movies have taught me anything, yeah. security guards are never at the monitor when they need to be because they got to pinch a loaf. And they're always listening to like a fucking Walkman or some shit like that. Or like the or sports watching broadcast. The game. Yeah. yeah, watching yeah. the game. And they usually have money on it because they tear up a ticket whenever a team yeah. loses or God some shit. It. Yeah, and they're anyway, not looking at the monitor. Better look at these monitors. Wow, all the money's gone. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> then they arrive at a second location, which is just outside of what looks like an abandoned warehouse or building or something. And Counselor Troy is dragged into an abandoned building. It has a mattress in it. They throw her down onto the mattress. She is stripped completely nude. Yes. She screams, and the movie mercifully cuts away. Thank you, movie. This I'd is the kind of this is the theatrical version. I'm pretty sure that if we ever get an unrated version of Death Wish it's Three, probably it's bad. much worse. Yeah, I'm sure because I'm sure. Michael Winter is a fucking piece of shit. And he did do this one as well. Yeah, he did okay. the third well, one then, as well. Yeah. And they cut away from that to Paul takes Manny to the emergency room upon learning that Maria was attacked. He says something about how her arm is just broken, and then they go to the emergency room, and the doctor tells him there that his wife has just died from the attack. I mean, it's wait, she, Mrs. Rodriguez, has expired. <laughs> What's really odd about that it too a is weird fucking way to say it, Doc. I'm just saying the way that they just describe it too, where she had a very badly broken arm, and they assume a and blood clot got, got into made her, into heart. her heart or somewhere like that, and ended up because there was a lot of broken damage. broken blood vessels. Is what he said. Yeah, like like, that. like her arm was severely damaged, yeah. which you never think about that. That like a really broken arm could do something like that, but yeah. it does happen. Yeah, you're way more fragile than you think you are. Yeah, you're a walking death machine, really. I mean, you're walking death. <laughs> you're, you're a walking cause of your own death. Yeah, pretty much. Just one <laughs> second, it could all end. All right, so they then cut away from this to show the video footage being reviewed by Kersey and Manny and the security guard and a cop, and the cop basically states that there isn't sufficient enough lighting and or shots to be able to convict, even though yeah. you can very clearly see that it's Byhawk dragging the woman off. Well, he said, even if you guys make positive IDs, there's no way it will hold up in court. Yeah, so they just kind of let it go and proving once again that at least in this movie and in real life, cops don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'll agree with you. <laughs> in this movie. And in real life. Not in real life. Some care. They got to. After this, Paul begins loading up cartridges for the wieldy and adjusts the action of the gun accordingly and describes what he did to help compensate for the bullets and what it is. Yeah, they go into real detail about what they do with weapons in this movie. They fetishize the weaponry in this movie. Pretty much. Yeah. It's almost like a commercial for buy this gun, look at all that you can do with it. Funny you should mention that. Every time Death Wish 3 would air on cable, uh -huh. sales of that gun skyrocket. 
pocket it. I'm sure. Just right through the it's roof. It's a commercial for that gun. It really is. It's a commercial <laughs> for all guns. I'm not going to lie. I kind of looked up the price to see how much it costs. Oh, yeah? How much is it? Right now, it's like three grand for Ooh. one of those. Ooh. Yeah. How much for the rocket launcher? <laughs> well, that I can That's get you wholesale. That's what I want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So he takes his Nikon out after loading up the Wildy and adjusting it accordingly and decides that he's going to go out and buy some ice cream because whenever Paul is looking to buy ice cream, you know he's looking for trouble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he's doing this essentially as bait, taking the Nikon with him to... Ice, ice cream is Kersey's kryptonite. He's doing this to basically rope in the giggler so that he can pursue and kill the purse snatcher. He even swings his camera around as he's walking on the way there, just specifically trying to draw attention to it. And then he buys a kid an ice cream cone. There's like this whole thing where there's like this kid that just happens to be around all the time that yeah. looks up to Paul, but we never really see him interact other than buying the kid one ice cream. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I don't understand it, but whatever. This whole movie's weird, man. This whole movie has relationships that I just don't understand. It feels like there's a lot of pieces missing watching it this time around. The bait is taken by the Giggler, who runs to steal it. And as the Giggler is running off in a direct straight line away from Kersey, Kersey pulls out Wildy and puts a hole in Giggler the size of a barn door, roughly. Yeah, roughly. Roughly the size of a barn roughly. door. Bye, Giggler. <laughs> Not giggling anymore, are you, you annoying fuck? Entrance wound wasn't that big, but the exit wound, you just yeah. feel the power of the gun. <laughs> The gun just like stops him dead, like like he just stands still. <laughs> Literally, in it stopped yeah. him dead. Yeah, it like it goes through, and he just like he stops in a cold, dead run, yeah. and then falls over. But like you actually like see the force get kicked out of his chest, yeah. where all of his guts and stuff uh, come out in the front. Poor giggly. I kind of wish really. I want to see an unrated version of that, where like the whole front of him blows yeah, it just out, blows from the gun. away. Yeah, it would be amazing. Maybe he cries for his mama. In this movie, I want more violence. <laughs> you want a hey, movie? I want more violence than what a, I got. I got a violence of a five. I need a 10. Paul puts the gun away and walks off calmly. Everyone cheers at the death of Giggler. The whole entire neighborhood is happy about this. Well, yeah, I am kind of am too. He's probably, not only is he a thief and an asshole, he's kind of annoying. <laughs> Besides the fact that he murdered a girl and participated in Counselor Troy's rape and yes. death. Yeah, he's also, he's got an annoying laugh. <laughs> So wow. he deserves to die. Wow, that's that's what clenches it for you? Yep. You can forgive those other things? No, I can't forgive those either, but it just it's like a cherry on top of horribleness. Oh, you want him to die first because the giggle annoys you and you it, get him out of the film faster? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yes, being a rapist and a murderer makes me want to kill you, but also if you have an annoying laugh, it's not helping your case any. <laughs> <laughs> it just moves you further up the list faster. <laughs> yes, faster. <laughs> like, even, like, even uh, reverse Mohawk gets more of a pass than horrible laugh. Wow. Yep. All right. So Reverse Hawk and his crew are extremely unhappy about this and are ready to go to war over the Giggler's death. And that is our next clip. They killed the Giggler, man. They killed the Giggler! They had no business doing that. None. It's the new man. The one from the jail. That wasn't smart. No, not too smart. Come on, y'all. Let's move it back. Move it back. Big words. Where are you back? You'll never forget we need you. It's about time. I'm glad he's dead. He took Come my on, puppy three weeks ago. He should have been dead. I'm glad he's dead. Hello, Chief. Christ, there's not much left of this sucker, is it? How are things around here? Better. I feel more relaxed. It's gotten quiet around here. Our efforts must be having a positive effect on the community. We're getting fewer complaints. I wouldn't let it go to your head, Patrolman Renzel. Looked like a rifle bullet. Witnesses say the shot came from corner of that block. The guy was a good shot. Better than anyone in our department. Hello. Hello. The guy at the store said this wine is very good. Great. I'll open it. I made chicken. I hope you like it. It's the only thing I know how to make. Chicken's good. <laughs> I like chicken. 
I have one sister. She lives in Binghamton, New York, and I hate her. <laughs> but I love sports, basketball, football, and TV. What do you like? I like opera. Opera? It's restful. I don't know anything about you. Married? Children. I was married, but my wife died. I'm sorry. Sorry, that was years ago. What about you? Am I right? I guess that you're afraid to be close to someone again. Oh, maybe. You like the kind of work you do? Most of the time, no. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the wrong side, defending creeps. Don't take that personally. You're gentle, but I've seen a lot of gentle people get hurt. Damn it, people have got to start to fight back and hard. The whole thing is just out of balance. Some people would say that was an extreme position. I don't care. But you never get mad. I'm sorry. Why am I angry at you? Tell me, you don't really like opera, do you? No. <laughs> it's late. I gotta go. Oh, no, it's early. Even an unemployed writer has to work. I really gotta go. Well, see you again? Yep. Paul Kersey's like having this conversation where she goes on this diatribe about yeah. how something has to be done and she's had enough of creeps, even though she's a public defender. And he's like, I feel like you get me. I feel like you complete me. <laughs> I feel like I could forget about the death of my wife and losing my other fiance, who was a liberal media wannabe. <laughs> I feel like you understand me, which means things are going to be bad for you. <laughs> Never before has a woman spouted off my own political extremism in ways that made me so hot. <laughs> I have to go listen to the opera now. <laughs> listen, I need a cold shower, but first, but later, maybe I'll call you for some dirty talk. You can tell me how much you hate your defendants. <laughs> Paul Kersey wants to snuggle with you while you talk about how much you hate creeps as much as he does. <laughs> After this, Reverse Hawk sets up a plan to trap Paul using one of his flunkies whacked out on speed. There's this whole sequence where he's like, I forget the guy's name. I think he says Cuban or something like yeah. that, or Cuban or whatever. I think it's Cuban. It's just Cuban or Cubit or whatever yeah. he's fucking calling him, but he's like, you're going to get high 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 and he's like smacking him and making him do speed yeah he's like i just don't want to shoot it he's like i want you to shoot it i'll tell you and you just snort it man <laughs> you know and he's just like you're gonna get high you're gonna get high god you're a drug pusher you're gonna get you're gonna kill tonight you're gonna kill <laughs> it's like wait a minute fucking reverse hawk is supposed to be like the charles manson of street thugs is that what's going on i guess here? he keeps saying you're gonna kill you're gonna kill i thought maybe it was an open mic night at a comedy club he's like <laughs> hey you're gonna do really well i thought he was a motivator at one point <laughs> all right so he's getting the guy all worked up on speed and then he has some plan hatching to go out and kill Kersey. How he's, much of a plan can he have all hopped up on speed? Well, the he's got a guy that's like hopped up and is going to yeah. basically give his life to try and kill uh, Kersey gotcha. as his plan. Yeah. But he's trying to basically corral Kersey right. into a trap zone to do this in. I just get ima- I just imagine, you know, he you know, gets the guy high on speed. He goes, all right, now to the blackboard. You will go here on the corner. I need you to draw up a plan to kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he ends up leading Kersey into a blind alleyway. Then he sprays this alleyway with bullets from an Uzi. Paul ends up losing Wildy, who drops very comfortably onto a pile of cardboard that just happens to be laying there ah. so as to not damage the precious gun. My precious. <laughs> and then he can't really find it in time. So then they have this hunting game that begins where yeah. Paul is on the run with gang members pursuing him through abandoned buildings, down alleyways. One time he throws something in the way, although it's not really effective. We're not quite there yet, but yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah. he does. I, I just didn't know how in detail gets- you're going to go into this. He gets into like this slugging fest with a thug and he ends up knocking him down and then another one comes in from behind him and stabs him but 
he's wearing a bulletproof vest, which I don't know if it was really designed to stop knives, but we'll just go with this. Yeah, why not? It's a tactical vest, so sure. Yeah, there you go. Tactical vest. Sounds yeah. better than a yeah. bulletproof vest. Because it's probably got Kevlar and some other stuff. And yeah. it stops the knife. It doesn't even hurt Paul. Well, I, you would assume, though, a bulletproof vest, if it could stop a speeding bullet from killing you, it could stop a guy trying to poke you with a knife. Yeah, but I think it's the force versus the direct push. Like, I think it's oh, the, really? the, the inertia of it. Like, it, it chances the Maybe mass. you got to look up sometime yeah. if a bulletproof vest can stop a pokey knife. I don't know enough about bulletproof vests, but I know yeah. that there's Kevlar like anti-stab yeah. things that you can wear too. Well, yeah, I mean, so I think if, the, if you have been, that with like a with the metal place for the bulletproof vest stuff, I think that's where it they've works. They've been using that since medieval days, like the chain link, you know, to help out. Yeah, maybe. I, there's right. got to be. It's. I'm just gonna assume that yes, if it can yes. stop a bullet, it's gonna stop a knife. Yeah. It just the science kind of checks out. It's just how it does it. Yeah. And it's just lucky that the guy didn't try and stab him through the and, side or in the head. Yeah. Or the neck. Yeah. Something. <laughs> or down through the shoulder with that knife or whatever. No, don't you understand? I'm wearing a bulletproof turtleneck. <laughs> well, he ends up having another guy come at him and he throws the knife at him. And it's nice to see that the knife misses and it doesn't even actually hurt the guy. Like that Paul Kersey's not like this perfect killing machine. Yeah. Like he's right? just not this amazingly skilled knife thrower. Well, they did a really good job at at least making him somewhat human. Yeah. Th- this is one of the movies where he's actually pretty fallible. He fucks up quite a few times. Yeah. But he just is lucky enough to survive. Yes. Which is good. I, he's I failing actually, up. Yeah. I like that. Whereas in part two, he they made him feel more like, impervious and un, unimpeachable. Until you know, he got stabbed nine times at the end. <laughs> I think it was a metric fuck ton was the amount yeah, of times yeah, that he was stabbed. Yeah, metric fuck ton he got stabbed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's what I kind of liked. Uh, even number two kind of lessened it a little bit. That's what I liked, especially about now one, two, and three, is they do make Kersey fallible, like a, just a regular guy who just happens to want to start murdering people. Yeah, basically me. Yeah. Minus the regular guy part. Well, no, you're a regular guy. No, I'm, I'm subpar. You're subpar? <laughs> I'm not regular. I'm I'm below you're average. You're subhuman? I'm a below average guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a below average guy. <laughs> Unless we're talking about girth and gut, then I'm then above we're average. Above, <laughs> we're both above average guys. I would say morbidly <laughs> obese. <laughs> we're, we're morbidly <laughs> above average. <laughs> we're morbidly obese, below average guys. Yes, there you there go. We go. Who just want to start killing people. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of sometimes. The chase continues up another blind alley, and that's when he runs into the guy who got all cranked up in order to kill him and reverse hawk sends the guy after paul again then paul heads down the alley ends up going up through a fire escape all the while cranked up kubin or kubit or whatever the fuck the guy's name is yeah. is in pursuit of him they end up going through some serious francophiles house did you see that he's like sitting in bed got french fucking flags all over the place <laughs> he's wearing a fucking beret he's reading a book and it looks like he had like a wheel of cheese and shit yeah man i mean that guy was way french i'm like what the fuck movie where did this come from now i have a wheel of cheese in my bedroom but that's just because you know i'm fat guy i like cheese so he goes through the francophiles apartment and out through the hallway up the stairs and onto the roof where paul ambushes the cracked out guy who would be his killer knocking him in the gut and then amazingly as he runs him to the edge of the building he turns him into a dummy and tosses him off the roof although i gotta say i love the way the dummy crumbles when it hits the fucking car (laughs) like you see it hit head first and then like it just it's like the best dummy landing I've seen ever. <laughs> like, I've never seen a better looking dummy yeah, landing. Yeah, right? 
Like you, for a minute there, you're like, holy shit, did they just kill that dude? <laughs> they just literally killed a guy. <laughs> if that, it wouldn't have been that guy gave us all for acting and Death Wish Three should have won an Oscar. <laughs> so guys an obviously a dummy as Kersey's tossing him off the roof. Yeah. But the landing for a second, you're like, wait, what? They killed that guy. <laughs> it's like the guy just had cancer. He's like, all right, well, let's do it for real. I'm dying anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> I'll get a posthumous Oscar for this, I guarantee you. <laughs> nope. Paul even finds his precious Wildy as he's leaving. They just cut to that where he's walking yeah. in. The alley. He's just like, huh, looks like it was here all along. Well, look at that. <laughs> it's the damnedest places you find things you lose. It should have been like outlined by a bright blue circle so that you notice it in a video game. <laughs> it's like, yeah, in a video so you game can mash your gun X is. And oh, pick shit. It up. shit, my gun is over there. Okay, cool. It's literally like that where he had to complete that level without there's any other air, weapons. There's and do... an arrow pointing to it. Yeah, and then he picks it up and that's how he completes the level. He's at a save. Congratulations. Point. You're now at level six. <laughs> take this. There are thugs outside. Yeah, take, take this. You may need it. <laughs> That'll happen once he's back in the alley with that weird cut and then they cut away from this to the next day the pigs are on the scene taking a look at the corpse of the guy who got tossed off a roof the chief ends up dropping by Paul's place and because I love the dialogue between Ad Lauder and Charles Bronson so much that's our next clip. Nice. Let's talk try and uh, take it easier for a couple of days will you? Corona shop is uh, going out and hiring extra help people are starting to get a line on you. He isn't finished it isn't finished. It's like killing roll you have to kill them all, otherwise what's the point? Hi, is this Mr. Amiel? Yes, yes. Hey, it's your wife. I think she needs your help. She's sick or something. Who is this? What do you mean? Hey, you be nice now. I think you better be here. At home. Who is this? You threw one of my boys out of your store last week. It's your wife. She's dying. Hello. You see what you've done? You got me mad. Like it. It's me he wants, you know. How's Emil? Forget Emil. Emil's done for. He'll never be the same again. 20 years. 20 years nobody ever did a thing like that to me. Break my windows. Well, I say, fuck them. I've had it. And Charlie said the same thing, too, and he was right. Well, he was afraid he was going to use them. Well, he should have used them. Said he gave them to me to keep. Next time they come around, I've got something for them. What? Show you. That's a 30 caliber Browning machine gun. Charlie brought them home from the war, and they still work. Jeez. Is this ammunition any good? You're damn right. You shoot some nice big holes in the sons of bitches. Now, they call us the old people. We were running the world 20 years ago. What do you say? Uh, Bennett, a lot of people could get hurt. Me, he wants. This is his turf. If I leave, he wins. Well, you want that? Maybe it'll save a lot of people from getting killed. Do me a favor, Bennett. Name it. Don't use those guns. Give me a day to get Fraker. Whatever you say. I was just trying to help. Wow, so yeah. now we have a 30 caliber fucking Browning machine gun that was mounted on basically like a Jeep or a tank is what yeah. it looks like. How the fuck did he smuggle that from the war into his New York Dude, apartment? It's Korea, man. Two of them. No, Nobody was paying attention after Korea. <laughs> Apparently, but how do you get that into the city? Very carefully. <laughs> David Copperfield that shit in there. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. It's just an excuse to have an old school fucking machine gun, man. That's just beautiful. Yeah. All right. So after this, Paul heads out to the public defender's place for their date. And it turns out she is moving away now because it is too much scumbag all the time here in the city. And they needed an excuse essentially for Kersey to get laid. So she basically invited him over the second time because she wanted to give him the high hard one yeah. or receive the high hard one from let, him. Let me go ahead and give you a going away gift before she took off i think she's trying to convince him to come with her oh yeah and she wants to live she's in love with kersey how did they two dates and like they're fucking and she's in love with him hey belly uh it's, it's you, bronson I, I shouldn't even ask once you get a little taste of kersey you don't go back <laughs> 
He brought her wine. He was dressed up for the date and he lied about liking opera. So therefore panties drop. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like how you always date. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. You, you bring them something, you dress nicely, and then you lie your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> then you start telling the truth after the panties drop? Yes. Well, I mean, the truth's going to come out after the panties drop. but <laughs> <laughs> The small truth will be known in your case. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right. So then we have this sort of like cross dissolved love scene where they end up finishing with her in bed and then Paul's getting dressed again. Paul ends up coming clean about why he is distant and what his problem is where his wife was killed and how something changed in him. It's almost like he's ready to go full on confession with her where he's like, listen, I'm a vigilante, so you should sleep with me more often because I kill these creeps you hate. Listen, I know I've only known you for a few short days, but I feel like I can trust you with all my deepest secrets. Mostly because I have put my penis inside of you bareback. <laughs> Clip. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a clip. You definitely have to trust someone before you do that sort of thing. Uh, I really, I mean, listen. <laughs> well, at least you should. <laughs> they end up going out for a late night meal because I guess all of that fucking made him tired. He had all of his energy reserves depleted. Oh, of course. So she knows a restaurant that is open late, so they end up going off to get some meal. They are stalked by Reverse Hawk and another guy in the car. Paul stops to get his mail for some dumb fucking reason other than probably just to have that love interest exit the film I'm guessing. Uh, hey, Ali, sometimes you gotta grab your mail, alright? It's part of your responsibilities. <laughs> grab your mail by the envelopes. <laughs> the love interest is knocked out cold by reverse hawk and sent down the hill in a beating car that's just off on its own. It crashes into another car and explodes because well, that's fucking awesome. That's, that's why it explodes. That's what cars do. Yeah. <laughs> Two cars hit each other just kind of casually. They're going to both explode. That's big, what happens. Big time. And this is proof that Paul can never be loved again. No, Paul will <laughs> never find love. He's doomed. Anyone he falls in love with is either going to leave him because they can't accept that he's a vigilante, or if they could accept it and actually like his point of view, they have to be murdered horribly to send him on his vengeance plot. I'm cursed in love, Pally. Don't you know Death Wish 4 is going to be a rom-com? <laughs> This death triggers Paul into the revenge mode full force now. It's not just about cleaning up the neighborhood. It's about taking out the thugs that did this. And although told not to go anywhere and is taken into what they refer to as protective custody, but looks a whole hell of a lot like actual custody. Yeah. Immediately. They cut away from that to Bennett's shop is blown up and on fire like a motherfucker. Mother bitches. He's losing his shit and he's had enough. So yep. he goes looking for Paul who isn't there and so he decides to take matters into his own hands and grabs one of the Browning 30 autos to take the gang out. It's time to go shooting. I love the scene where they're all there throwing bottles and shit at his house and then he takes the gun out they scream oh shit they run yeah. <laughs> then the gun doesn't work and they're like it's not working and then they all charge him to beat the fuck out of him. Yep. That's what ends up happening when it doesn't end up working he gets stormed by all of them they beat the ever loving shit out of him and then they throw him off of the fire escape. Why does the old dude get to survive but Maria dies and so does the love interest. Well, Michael Winner is such a fucking misogynist. He is the biggest misogynist. <laughs> it's clear, man. Yeah. He hates the ladies. Big time. The cutaway from this to Paul is in a holding pen and Ed Lautner comes to talk to him so we know that's going to be another clip. Hey, you want to tell Schreiker I'd like to talk to him? Well, he don't want to talk to you. He told me so. Personally. As a man in the hospital, he was beaten. He says he'll identify his assailants but only if he talks to you. Bennett Cross, he was armed with a machine gun. Thank you, nurse. How is he? Well, he's a tough bird. There are a couple bad fractures, but I think he's gonna make it. Is it all right if I go in and see him? 
Okay. Let's screw it up. I'm sorry. It's all right. Listen, Kirsty. I only lost one gun for you there. The other one's still there. And this thing's blow the scum away. He had to go someplace. Oh boy, here we go. Now yeah. it's now it's getting into the fucking movie yeah. that I remember and love. He had to go someplace. <laughs> Paul ends up escaping there at the end of the clip by I think he climbs out the window or some shit like that, and uh, that was just basically the whole distraction. That I, it was pretty much like a setup that yeah. that old man Bennett ended up pulling out there. But anyway, he escapes. He ends up getting some more packages in the mail and heads back to Charlie slash his current apartment, and then collects that thirty caliber Browning from Bennett's apartment. Man. And he helps him tool up while Reverse Hawk calls in reinforcements, which turns out to be just a giant fucking motorcycle gang that comes into town. Yes. Because you got to have motorcycle thugs in a final showdown. And they're driving in going, why are you guys' face painted? Were you just, would you come from a fucking fair? We all have tattoos or just fucking back patches on our cuts. What yeah. the fuck? What the fuck are you face painting for, you fucking weirdos? <laughs> we all want to be a bunch of fucking five-year-olds painted up like Spider-Man? Go for it. Yeah, but you're not a fucking gang. Turns out... Kersey got himself a fucking rocket launcher with refills while Manny has a zip gun and that's all he's got. (laughs) That's a pretty decent zip gun. It is though. It gets the job done. Yeah. Bikers descend and start wreaking havoc. Manny's like, hey, um, I only got this zip gun. Can I maybe have one of those uh, Bradley machine guns? No dice, belly. I need all the ammo I could get. (laughs) So they wreak havoc to attack all of the neighborhood, which has Paul come out and mow them all down with with the Browning Auto. So Manny is basically just there to hold all of the ammo for him. Yeah, pretty much. It's at least realistic where it's a heavy ass fucking box of ammo while he's firing the gun. Yeah. I like that. I get what they're doing there and I'm cool with that. And, and also maybe Manning doesn't have the best aim. Like, you know, Paul's right. Paul's the vigilante. He's the one murdering people. Yeah. Well, and we've already established that Paul is a crack shot even before practicing. Yes. And exactly. he has been established practicing. That number one. Yeah. I really like that part and I thought that that was super realistic. However, I want to point out that where Paul was holding the barrel to steady the gun would burn the, the fuck shit out, out of his, his hands. hands. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They should have had him like fashion some kind of a handle or something like that because they never talk about gun heat in in the eighties. You could grab a gun anywhere in the eighties and just do that. It's yeah. not until recently where they have started to show, except for Zombieland, where Woody Harrelson shoots all the zombies and then starts kissing the guns. Yeah. And be like, you would burn your fucking face off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Movies will conveniently forget that a gun gets hot when you start shooting it. Yeah, well, you have a bunch of fucking explosions going off that's sending the bullets out. It's yeah. going to create a massive amount of heat. Of course, yes. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's just so fucking funny that nobody thinks about that in movies, but then yeah. when you think about it, people give you shit. Like, okay, you're just being obsessive now. Yeah, but fuck you. That's what we're doing on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to obsess about the weirdest fucking shit, too. <laughs> that shouldn't even fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super happy that they had a guy carrying the ammo because a gun went like that would fire so rapidly. Yeah. That you would need a huge box to be able to contain all the ammo, and uh, it would take more than one man to carry it. I agree. Yeah, he mows everybody down with a browning, prompting the good people to start reaching for their heat and packing it. Yes, that's a really cool sequence where the neighborhood has had enough and it's time to go to war. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like the first four Black Sabbath albums, like that that kind of feeling that you get where the <laughs> hair stands up on the back of your neck. Yeah, when you see that a good person has had enough and they start rolling up their sleeves and yeah. it's about to go down. Yeah. It's like it's that feeling when they're like, oh, you fucked up. Yeah, you fucked it. It's like when that quiet guy 
throughout the whole movie just goes, all right, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you, it's like a man who you know is slow to anger starts rolling up their sleeves and yes. is about to dole out some justice. Uh-huh. It's that feeling that you just can't get over. And this movie reaches it so well with that sequence of the, the normal people tooling up with their gun. After that sequence of people tooling up and packing heat, we then get a sequence of Kersey kills everyone with a fucking Browning machine gun montage. <laughs> Manny hauling the ammo for him. Yeah, yep. I love that. That was a great scene. <laughs> I love that whole sequence, man. It's fucking great. Hey, did you guys have something to do with the rape and murder of my friend's wife here? Well, say goodnight. When we have a full-fledged neighborhood brawl and war, which breaks out into a full-fledged war zone, explosions. I mean, we're talking grenades being tossed in sequence from the bikers into a building to watch it explode and catch on fire. Yes. Although, if you do the counts after they pull the pins and throw it, the first couple of grenades should have gone off before the next couple of bikers go through, but we're not going to get too detailed. Let's uh, let's go crazy here. Yeah. (laughs) That would be the same argument as me in the original Star Wars when I'm like, why did Obi-Wan have to crawl around the thing to turn off the tractor beam? Why couldn't he just use the force, power down the levers, and leave? Uh, Maybe his force powers aren't as good as they used to be when he's older. Mm, I'm just not buying that. (laughs) The switch doesn't flip as easily for him. (laughs) He forgot his Cialis for flip switching at home. Yeah, that's basically how it works. See, the metachlorines. The metachlorines. (laughs) How dare you say those words to me? (laughs) But anyway, the grenades are all tossed in. They blow up a building. It catches on fire. It's a bunch of goddamn action set pieces that we would be here for several years if I tried to describe them all. We we would be. There would be no joke. It would be hour 17 of the the neighborhood brawl for all. They pack so much fucking crazy shootouts and explosions and death into like the last 20 minutes of this film. It's fucking amazing. It's fucking crazy. It's a total goddamn war zone. Well, the Browning runs out of fucking bullets, so Paul pulls out both of his guns, the Wildy in one hand and the stub nose, I think it was a 357 in the other. Couldn't really tell. You have to look at the barrel to kind of gauge. Yeah. I'm guessing it was like either a 38 special or a snub nose 357. He pulled out a couple guns. <laughs> one of them was definitely the Wildy. Yeah. Because yeah. by Wildy, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the town turns into a total goddamn war zone. Even the fucking pigs are there in shootouts finally doing something in this neighborhood. Of course, Kersey cleaned it up enough that, that now they feel a little bit safer. Yeah. The tide is turning, so they want to be on the winning side either way. Kersey stops another rape by shooting guys with a wieldy and reverse hawk kills some cops as Bennett watches from his hospital window with glee <laughs> as the war zone just gets worse and worse. <sighs> it's like, dude, why are you getting off on this? Your neighborhood is being destroyed. I got the best seat in the house. I think it's just basically somebody's finally standing up to these guys in the neighborhoods getting cleaned up. Well, yeah, he, I mean, his his place and everything's already kind of destroyed, so fuck it. Now it's time to watch people die. Yeah, he loves watching his neighborhood go up in flames. Yeah, now that his own place is fucked up, he's like, everyone else can be fucked up too. Some Bennets just want to watch their neighborhoods burn. (laughs) Some citizens use a chain to take out a group of bikers and then steal all of their guns and then run off. That was very Italian filmmaking there. I really dug that. Yeah. It's just nonstop fucking chaos and anarchy that no one is currently running. (laughs) It's just the best of the 80s caliber fucking cool vengeance and death. This is an 80s action sequence shootout. Yeah. And it's pretty much the epitome for yeah, me. You, like, we I have Uzis. We have submachine guns. We have, I mean... Zip guns taking people out left 
left and right. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just total urban warfare, man. Fucking yeah. I mean, that's what the fucking 80s were about. I can't really think of a film from this time frame that did this type of urban warfare so well. In fact, I never heard the word submachine gun more than when in the 1980s. <laughs> I mean, that's when that term got fucking popular, submachine gun. That's kind of when they got invented. That's yeah, when they yeah. got really brought to prominence. Though. I, I mean, they're in every fucking movie. Uzi. Uzi was in every fucking movie. Yeah. Well, and it's short-barreled rifle is now the term for that kind of like smaller gun that yeah. you can shoulder but is still tiny to work around corners and stuff, uh-huh. which are justifiably very restricted. Yes. You know, you have to have a special dispensation to be able to and, own those. And I will also say this. An Uzi, very underrated weapon in PUBG for anybody who games out there. <laughs> very underrated. They jam, like in real life, they jam hardcore. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, the I'm talking about like not real life video games where who knows what the fuck yeah. is, but if PUBG tries to make it uncontrollable and you can get a stock that you put on the end of it and it makes it a little bit better, but you can't get a sight on them. So there's no sight. So you can't put like a you spray and pray. Yeah, you just spray and pray. It's pretty much just spray and pray. <laughs> okay, so Manny ends up saving Paul's life with his zip gun and shoots a couple of guys. Then Paul repays him when Manny is pinned down without any extra shells by killing the other thugs. Manny goes for more shells and just exits the film. We never really see him again. Bye, Manny. Hope you lived, buddy. Yeah. The chief saves Paul's life by killing Bill S. Preston Esquire. Then they team up and start killing thugs together left and right fucking fuck, a fuck yes maximum death face turn face turn pig and vigilante together working hand God in hand damn, to kill do you creeps. really have to say it about him <laughs> he's just murdering people he's in the war different <laughs> he idolizes paul kersey a police officer and a chief at that who idolizes a vigilante and fetishizes him a little bit <laughs> is there a better definition for a pig than that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it is right now and you'll poke holes in all my arguments but just move on but the movie's trying to make you think like yeah now this chief's getting things done this is how police should be well they are now (laughs) (laughs) i'm shooting on our black kids for no reason holy shit (laughs) you're not wrong but you're kind of an asshole (laughs) at this point i can't even fucking describe the excessive amounts of violence i'm not even gonna fucking bother you just can't see no you you have to see the film to believe it this is gratuitous violence at its best i'm saying it's excessive violence and death (laughs) that means something that should that should say something and this is the theatrical cut. This isn't the unrated version. Like, is, I really want to see the director's version of this. This is what was in the theater. Yeah, and this is the last 20 minutes of this movie. It's fucking unbelievable. Oh, yeah. At some point, Paul runs out of cartridges for the Wildy and heads back to his apartment, pursued by Reverse Hawk, who has been gunning for him the entire time, who sneaks in through the fire escape before Paul can fully reload. The chief saves Paul once again, takes a bullet when Reverse Hawk ends up shooting him and firing takes, back. Takes one in the arm. It's not bad. And then Paul puts several shells into reverse Hawk in our final clip. Well, now I owe you. How bad is it? It's just a nick. I'll call an ambulance. Bulletproof asshole. Just like yours. Stay just like that. You can't have both of us. Let me. And with that, he is blown out of the fucking window <laughs> with the rocket launcher of foreshadowing, which was just sitting in the corner. Yeah. No one went into Paul Kersey's apartment to bother to take it or anything like that. He's just lucky it was just sitting there. Paul uses the rocket launcher to blast Reverse Hawk out of the fucking window. This sends his thugs packing and they all go running. The chief sends Paul on his way saying that he will buy him some time. And Paul is all packed up immediately and walks calmly out of this goddamn war zone. In, in a suit, no less. Yeah. He's in a suit. They roll those credits over top of the fucking war zone, which is just total goddamn chaos. End this fucking movie. He is my hope. He is my hope.
Jesus fucking Christ. I fucking man. love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? Can you see why it's my yeah, favorite oh, yeah, of the three? I, I, I watch it, I'm like, oh, no wonder. Especially the end, I'm like, well, no wonder it's Court's favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so right up my alley. Like, oh, yeah. What they tried to do with the exploitation of the second one, I think misses the mark. What they do with this third one is the logical extension of what they should have done with Paul Kersey yeah. after the first movie with the sequel, where he goes pro and this is just what he does and yeah, he comes the in sequel, and cleans up the town. He gave up vigilante life and was just trying to live a normal architect life and now he's vigilante 24-7 all the time. Or at least has been since LA and he yeah. hasn't come back from that and we'll see where he goes back to the life again and he it, settles down. And, and, and not to go backwards but to give number two credit at least or maybe number three credit they kind of expand on at the end of number two he says you know hey where else would I be at the very end and then you see him in the shadow as the vigilante showing that he wasn't going to stop he was just going to keep doing it yeah. and, and so they kind of continue on that that he's doing a cross country vigilante you know fucking redemption tour <laughs> <laughs> right now there's a very specific reason why I absolutely love this one and this is my favorite of the three uh-huh. I don't know what particular age I was when I first saw this Matt yeah but I know it was pre-kindergarten wow completely like the theatrical cut no cut for cable version of it I don't remember what channel it was on I don't know if it was a preview or anything like that it was like one of those summertime during the day caught this movie about part way in yeah essentially the part where Paul is in jail and then um, gets you know reverse hawk Brad from Superman 3 yes where they kind of have that confrontation and from that point on forward I saw this movie and it's pre-kindergarten so I know I wasn't even fucking five or six oh nice I, saw this. I probably wasn't even able to talk but I was able to work the TV and I watched this fucking movie and it blew my goddamn mind the violence that happened in this movie I was convinced this is what cities were like yeah I, I and you know the 80s movies of this kind which I've always showed New York to be horrific yeah. yeah and it, a total and, war zone a war zone you yeah. know uh, it, it, even Ghostbusters escape from New York <laughs> well even like Ghostbusters 1 you know the neighborhood is a demilitarized zone when they're talking about their base of operations it makes yeah. it sound like New York City is a fucking you know yeah. you're just gonna get when you go to New York you're gonna get murdered and that's it that's just <laughs> yeah. what happens yeah. Um. so but yeah like they did that with all 80s but yeah it, I didn't see them when that young but I saw other New York movies based in New York that were action flicks when I was young uh-huh. and yeah that's the total I'm like man any major city is a fucking war zone you know and like I knew like my dad worked in downtown Minneapolis so then I'm like thinking wow is my dad just gonna get blown out you know <laughs> blown away going to work someday you know well and the other thing that I wanted to point out too is given this movie's attitude towards police authority figures uh, vigilanteism guns and just general disdain for you know your fellow human beings I think watching this at such a young age is probably going back to a cinematic trauma for me dude oh yeah I, do you think I was too young to watch it at that Probably, age fully yeah. uncut or, and, or the, the R-rated version? And it's so weird. We want to say this is like run by the GOP, but it's definitely not just the, it's not like a Republican movie. Because if it were a Republican movie, it, it'd be, you know, having an go- orgasm all over all the cops. You know, the cops are all the good guys. This is definitely like an NRA, like lobbyist movie because it's like <laughs> cops can't help you. No one can help you. Only thing that can help you is guns. A good guy with a really big gun yeah. and a rocket launcher and a Browning 30 Auto. The NRA definitely wants you to think all cops are bumbling dummies who can never <laughs> help you and will never get to your house in a, this, a safe amount of time and so you better have a gun. And it's the same thing with your government too where you gotta have a gun because someday you may have to overthrow your tyrannical government yes. for trying to tax you and or taking your guns. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now this film does something a little bit different than the other Death Wish movies in that it humanizes a lot of the characters and actually shows you victims of crime more so than just Paul Kersey. Yeah. yeah he actually like, has a cause that he's fighting for and he has a neighborhood that he becomes a part of. It's not 
just it's revenge. so different. Yeah, it's um, it's protection. It's a, it's a redemption yeah. kind of thing where he's trying to save a neighborhood. Because sure, you can say it's kind of vengeance because it's his friends dies. Yeah. You know, at the very beginning, but he becomes engrossed into this neighborhood of people and this this building of people. I guess you know, like it's a building that he's in. It's an apartment building. Yeah, he's literally cleaning up the streets and trying to clean up the neighborhood. He, as he best becomes he can. attached to these people who are not his immediate family because you know he has none anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've all been raped and murdered. Yeah. Oh God. Dad, but it's true. Including uh, his tamale making housekeeper. Oh. Which is the most tragic loss because those look really good. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get that too a lot. This is that it's a different it's a different vigilante because now he's he's not just fighting for himself or for his vengeance, his need for vengeance. He's it's actually like the joke we made. I'm fighting for justice, Pally. You know, now it's, it is. It's it's the dirty hairy version of the Death Wish movies. It's like yeah. any of those kind of like man pushed too far neighborhood pushed too far fighting back vigilante type movies yeah and it's definitely a lot more palatable and entertaining than the previous two to me i agree i, I agree i will probably watch death wish 3 uh, way more than i will watch the other two again in, in my opinion death wish 2 had some of the better lines of the movies yeah like like his killing lines but this movie definitely had way if you're into an action flick then you're gonna want to watch death wish 3 yeah because i prefer one and two are an movie. action movie i mean yeah. They have killings, but it's not action. You yeah. know, this is action packed, especially at the end with a complete oh, utter fucking war. Yeah. It's, I don't think you were probably prepared for how nuts it was going to get. I was not, you know, because <laughs> I totally forgot that's how three ended was, uh, but like I said, I know I've seen three before because yeah. there are a few scenes that jogged my memory, yeah. but it's been so long and it was probably only once that it was, I was, it might as well have just been my first time watching it. Yeah. And yeah, I was not prepared for how fucking nutty in Warzone it got at the end. Cause yeah. I'm like, that is so different from the other two movies. Yeah. It's usually him just stalking certain people. Well, now he's trying to kill a whole gang and he gets a whole fucking neighborhood involved and it's a fucking, yeah, it's a fucking war and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. It goes completely crazy in the films. They never come back to this. They just yep. go right back to four mimicking two and yeah. we have, neither one of us has seen five so who even knows what that's going to be Yeah, like. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with five. Four. I have a feeling we're going to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, duh. <laughs> hey, Bali, just attach the guns to my walker. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Test these to my power scooter. We're going to go have fun. Death Wish 5, the face of death. I just wish I was dead. <laughs> death Wish 5, the motor scooter of terror. Look at me, Belly. I put a submachine gun, I put a submachine gun on my power chair. Instead of the super deadly baby cart from the Lone Wolf and Cub series, yeah, it's right. a fucking wheelchair of yeah, doom. Yeah, yeah. I would totally watch that. Yeah. I would totally watch yeah, a canonized little, Death Wish like wheelchair of doom. You know doom? those little supermarket scooters yeah. that like old people could get? Yeah. It's one of those with a submachine gun on it. And it's all souped up with like, yeah, yeah. like spiky wheels and Spike, stuff. And it could go like like 500 miles per hour. <laughs> it's like rocket boosters. Holy shit, I need to see that. We're going to make that fucking movie. <laughs> I totally need to see that. <laughs> Pissed off grandpa. Pissed off grandpa. All right, so we're going to take a break here. We're going to have a promo for another podcast, a little bit of music. And when we come back, we're going to have actually some PSYOP news. Hey, hey feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! as needed, and let the hosts 
Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult physician before listening. solution yeah <laughs> fuckity fuck yes man expendable youth is perfect for death wish 3 man. yeah man right <laughs> that's nice you know what else is perfect for this show what's that give me some psyops there's a I'm going to give you the choice. Here we go. I'm going to read you two. What? Covered in cum blood. That too. I'm going to. Okay. Here are two titles. You tell me which one you want to hear. One, pair high on basalts, fired gun at fireflies, mistaking them for alien lasers. Ooh, that's going to be hard to top. Or police, man breaks in, found with hatchet and pats down. Mm, First one. I like the first one better. First one better. The first one is from our friend Robert. I'm homosexual. Wait, what? Well, that's apparently that's what Robert told me. (laughs) You're a homosexual? No, the he. That's what he said. I quote. Uh, I don't believe so. I'm a cunt. That's what you are. That's true. You're definitely a cunt. I'm definitely that. Anyway, police, uh, pair with a high on basalt's fired gun at fireflies for singing them for alien lasers. That or they just had a bukkake mouth party. Do you know where this is? Clinton County, Pennsylvania? That's why you picked it. It's in PA? No, I just saw it because I saw the The, the headline and I'm like, that sounds fun. Was that in the Post-Gazette? It might be around Pittsburgh. Uh, This uh, this is being reported on 12 WBOY. Oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. uh, other horse sex news. Suspected basalt's green lasers and fireflies. State police say they're all part of this story with that put two people in jail. Christ, let's go lick some assholes. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> or snark coke off of them. Yeah, right? Troopers, as long as you trust each other. <laughs> There's a lot of trust that's involved in that. A lot of trust. <laughs> Your silicone penis budget is out of control. <laughs>
We have the best quotes from Fancy. We really do. (laughs) Troopers say 30-year-old Jesse Shields and 22-year-old Catherine McCluskey were high on suspected bath salts during a bizarre chain of events early Saturday morning. Pulling it just to pull it. Exactly. According to investigators, the pair from Clinton County had a bad trip and thought that the fireflies were green lasers coming from aliens who were after them. Always looking for Wang. The aliens are? Yes, always. (laughs) Uh, And assholes. Uh, State police say Shields fired his revolver in the air to scare away the lasers and then ran to a nearby home on Long Run Road in Lamar Township. This is like Traces of Death fucked a porno. Pretty much. (laughs) Where he asked the homeowner to call the cops because something was chasing them. I'm a cunt. I am. America is a bunch of cunts. We are. Uh, While the person was on the phone with 911, Shields allegedly broke a window before he left the home and then went to a next door neighbor's house and broke another window there. Motherfucker hates windows. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. <laughs> Every time you say that, it's like a brick wall, man. It just, just stops, stops you dead. Right by tracks, because that is bad. Your usual response to that is, this is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't do it. You're no, like, no, you're I mean, I, try, I can't be like, it just, it does. It stops me. I have nothing to say to that. I'm just like, oh. A girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Oh, God. Both of those are bad, but the, the worst one's the, 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 that one. And I'm going to fuck it to death. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. And I'm going to fuck it to death. There you go. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Wow. No, okay, that stops me in my tracks. It's the erection that counts. <laughs> Thank you. And there's a lot of weighing around. Yes, there is. Uh, and we're back to dicks. Uh-huh. State police say the owner of that home was able to get a gun, get, get the gun away from Shields, who asked if he could take a shower to get the goo off his body. Pulling because it just to pull it. Burning his skin. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? Is what happened to the <laughs> guy trying to take the gun. Yeah. Shields and McCluskey were both facing a slew of charges, including burning burglary, criminal trespass, public intoxication, and disorderly conduct. You They're, can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. In fact, they might need it. They were both <laughs> unable to post bail and are taken to Clinton County Prison. Nice! You can't yeah. pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. There you go, man. <laughs> so why did he have goo all over him? Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. Oh. <laughs> Shoot some fucking ropes. <laughs> man, that guy's just talking about that all the time. That is implied 13-year-old Bush. Shoot some fucking oh. Ropes. Oh, God. <laughs> Those two were not timed together well. And there's a lot of weighing around. Yeah, man. I'm a homosexual. There you go. I'm taking another dick. There you I've go. had seven dicks inside and of me. And there you go. The trifecta. <laughs> and to top it all off in other Matt news, neo-Nazis are pretty good people. Oh, that's just the worst one, just because you took it so out of context. I mean, the other three kind of are true. But anyway. <laughs> I'm a cunt. Yes. I make money from true. my sex work. I'm a I, cunt. I don't, though. I don't make money from that. So the guy asked for to, to be able to take a shower there to wash off the goo, but not the girl? Yeah, the girl must have enjoyed the goo. Vagina smells like dead body. Is that true? I, I'm sure hers does. <laughs> Trust me, if you saw the picture, I'm sure hers does. There's a mugshot, and it's not good. My HPV will cure what ails you. Oh, God. It always comes back to dick. It does. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank it's you. micro penis time. Drop the humongous ball. <laughs> that is implied 13-year-old bush. Corpse fucking. Necrophilia can be overlooked. Corpse fucking. <laughs> 
vagina smells like dead body. Necrophilia can be overlooked. That one goes together. Those, 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 <laughs> those why blend together really that's, well. That's why they're next to each other. Yeah. All right, let's just go ahead and close out the show for yes. five Yes, please. <laughs> Jesus. We were going to take one more break here. We'll play a promo for one more podcast. We'll have a little bit more Slayer that fits very well with Death Wish 3. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. Hello. Have you ever heard of MSK 3000? Yeah, well, we ain't them. But we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies. So join me, your host, Nudie, along with my co-host, Jake the Snake, and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite, or maybe not-so-favorite movies, on the NFW Podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia, and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter, or NFWpodcast at yahoo.com. fucking fitting that'll make a saturday for you <laughs> oh man yeah all right folks we are really close to getting at least the first i don't want to say goal but at least enough funding to be able to replace our compressors that are adding noise to the recording that i've been working around by cranking up the signal going into them and then dropping the signal out nice yeah i just need to get a piece of equipment that i can replace those compressors with momentarily until they can get fixed sort of like a backup yeah. set of some sort and uh i got about half the money that i would need for a decent used one right now. Nice. Um, give or take. So I'm kind of hoping that we can get this going a little bit more. If you want to help support the show and basically keep it sounding as good, if not better than what it has before, you can support the show while you sport the show with our Teespring store. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. We have two different designs there and we're hoping to be able to add more as we get some suggestions or ideas or what have you. Um, what have you? Yeah. If you're there's a particular reason why you're not interested in these two, contact me. Let me know what's going on. Kind of give me some idea of what's happening there. You know where to find our show for the main landing page and or launching page, whichever you want to consider it for finding the podcast. It's legionpodcasts.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You know our Facebook group where you can find all of the wonderful alternative photography that already exists for Death Wish 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I said that that was my favorite, I knew somebody was going to put something in there. Of course. It's become the group cover photo now. 
I love all the fucking psychopaths. <laughs> we really do love you guys. I know. We're really oh happy God. to do this. You're the reason we keep doing this show exactly. because I would fucking find other things to do with my time and spend my money on besides this. I know, right? If it weren't for you guys. So there right. you go. Heroin. <laughs> Lots of heroin for Matt. Yes. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. I am Court Psyops. You can find Matt on Facebook. He is Matt Psyop. You know the whole spiel about the plank the that's as brutal that is jaundice like him. Yeah. Jaundice. Email feedback to Matt. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. Send him some photos of your wieldy .457 Magnum. Yeah. And by that, I mean your dick pics. Oh. You can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Send him photos of your rocket launcher. Mm. And by that, I don't mean dick pics. Oh, <laughs> no, now I'm into it. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. You can find Matt on Twitter where you can twit a couple of tweets to these two twats. I'm at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. Twit us some photos of your favorite Ed Lautner roles from various movies in the 80s. Yeah, there you go. Or just, you know, the cover of the movie or whatever it is, and then just let us know what the role is that you really love from that movie. Yeah, whatever you're going to do, man. Yeah, however you're going to do it, just, you know, do it. Do it. Just do it, man. Just. And while you're out there having fun, remember, <laughs> hookers are people, too. Say thank you when you're done. Yeah, they really are. Be polite. <laughs> After you Who do a line of coke you? off their ass, say thank you. Do say thank you for holding still, because that could spill really easily. And that's a waste of most of your money, because then you have to kill the hooker for that. Oh, God. <laughs> But if you do, make sure you say sorry. <laughs> and while you're doing that, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. thinks they can do a really good trailer guy voice impression, let us know, let us hear it, and then we're going to write some things, you're going to do them, okay? There's a couple of different trailer guy voice people out there that yeah. uh, that have done it. Like, that's just the main, like, action in 80s yeah. and 90s they, movies the guy. The one you remember. Yeah. In fact, I think they even used him uh, in the movie Scrooged for the uh, fake trailer for... I, no, um, I don't think so, no. For, for the, the Scrooge movie they were put out. Uh, the ones that I always remember are the exploitation trailer yeah. guy voice Acid guys. Acid Rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's more like yeah, yeah, yeah. that exploitation. Enough uh, gushing John, over trailer what, guy yeah, voice. Whatever that guy's real name is, man. I fucking love that dude. He's just always going to be known as trailer guy voice, and he's awesome. Although the mountain curb shot in this wasn't too bad. It was just kind of nonplussing. Mountain curb. Yeah. You never heard that before? No, I've heard it. It's just funny, you know, because it sounds dirty. Of course. Mounting. Fucking pervert. Well, oh, oh please. <laughs> All right, so Fuck. they kettle mouthing down to people and just fucking chewing people's asses out. Well, he's always yelling at somebody. Yeah, he's so it's real great. good at chewing somebody's ass yeah, out. I, I know. And not like the guy from Death Wish Part 2 does. No, no, this is way more effective. <laughs> oh, 
God. <laughs> that should probably hit the floor, that, but I'm not going to let it. All right. <laughs> the city's in trouble because guns have been banned, but all the bad guys still have guns. So you see, we all have to have guns. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> Death Wish 3 brought to you by NRA. GOP. The NRA, which shows you you only need one good guy with a gun. <laughs> all, make it, all, the all, it, all it takes is one good guy with a rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if the NRA could get away with it, I bet that would, they would want that to be their motto. <laughs> Why can't I have a rocket launcher? My Second Amendment rights. With this, Paul moves into his buddy's... Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait nope, 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 nope. We're uh, at the top here. A three, two, one. Maybe one of the dudes from number two got held a little too much, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and that's why he ate ass. Oh, God, I wasn't going to say it, but all right. Clip. Yeah. <laughs> Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. Yes, that's how he's referred to in yeah. my notes every it's, time he pops up yeah. on screen. You didn't use the name of the guy from his character, uh, Lost Boys? No, because no. I prefer Bill S. Preston Esquire. All right, man, well, however you prefer your Spoiler guy. alert, not a huge Lost Boys fan. Really? Yeah, not a huge Lost Boys fan. Oh, that's fan. interesting. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I'm just kind of indifferent to it. You're not, you're not like rabid about it like some people are. No, there were other vampire things I had seen by the time that I had caught Lost Boys to where it didn't really work for me. Fright Night. Uh, that could be one, yeah. If, if I have to choose between the two, I'm going to go Fright Night uh, over Lost Boys. For when I was younger, I'd have gone Lost Boys, but now as I've gotten older, I go Fright Night. <laughs> if nothing else, then for... Uh, and the older you get, you're going to start going both ways. You're going to go both Lost Boys <laughs> and Fright Night. Oh, God. You're going to meet up with some Lost Boys for your own personal Fright, Fright, Fright Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this done. Oh, my God. No, I'm just getting old and go to a retirement community that die quietly. <laughs> if you make it that far. Yeah. Well, <laughs> these cops in the in the movie don't care. <laughs> or just in general. Wow. I'm, they, I can't back that up. But they okay. can just avoid work or, you know, Jesus, doing man. anything other than just filling all cops. Come on. Shooting unarmed black kids for no reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, a lot of them do do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got me there. I can't, I can't argue that point. Yeah. No, that's how they get promoted. Oh my god. <laughs> just murdering innocent black They don't people. get promoted. At worst, they just get side moved, maybe paid a little bit more. They get suspended. Yeah. Then they hope people forget about it till the next black kid gets murdered well, what they do by is a cop. And they then just move them to a different up. town. <laughs> no, you, you killed an unarmed black kid in Kansas City? Well, congrats. You're now a cop in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> you can get away with killing a lot more people in Chicago. Yeah, right. <laughs> like Man, a- I didn't know you had a penchant for killing unarmed kids. If that's the case, well, transfer to Chicago. We just can't handle that kind of heat here in Kansas City. <laughs> Let's get you out of Missouri where, you know, you could do a lot more damage somewhere else. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> per capita. Running police out of your neighborhood and scaring the shit out of the cops, that doesn't look like fun to you? No! Oh, that looks like a shitload of fun. See, this is why... That's how I would like to spend my Sunday afternoons. See, it's moments like this where I think you're an anarchist, but you're not really an anarchist because you want to control everything. <laughs> I'm not setting that up. We're not you're setting gonna do that again? do that right now. Well, I'm just telling you, though, that's until, how it is. Until you can accept that I will run anarchy. You can't it's run gonna... anarchy! Come on, man! <laughs> We're just going to be arguing in circles in about this. For the rest of our lives. I will run my own dictatorship within an anarchy. No, I mean, oh my God, nothing about that is right. Well, there's going to be groups of people that are going to band together as survivors in the apocalypse. Uh-huh. I'm just going to have the biggest one and I'm going to absorb all the other ones. Okay. Until I get everything conquered, it will be anarchy that I run. No, no, <laughs> none of that's right. <laughs> the fuck out of here with that. This is how I start running anarchies. You don't run anarchies. Will you stop it already? <laughs> I like how there are pockets of anarchy and I'm in control you, of them. You, no, but that's not anarchy. <laughs>
He's a guy. He's a guy nowadays who'd be on like message boards, like talking about how he's like a grand sniper and he can kick anybody's ass. <laughs> so basically, you on a message board? No, I don't. I don't type out on message boards. I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> I didn't read shit, then I go to bed. You put your son in front of the computer and just tell him what to type. Yep. Hey, uh, put that down in there. Thanks. I'm going to bed, big guy. I want you to type up this dissertation, and then when you're done, post this manifesto on Reddit for me. Yeah, you get that done. Thanks, big guy. I think they're just taking a gun so that they have a gun that doesn't really trace to them so that they can murder someone themselves. Maybe. Because that's what cops do. Holy shit. Dude. <laughs> in this movie. Sure. <laughs> and in real life. Holy fuck. I heard you. <laughs> oh, wait. Let me mute myself so okay. you don't hear me say it. Okay. Into the microphone. All right. No, wait. That doesn't work. That's You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Take off your headphones for a second. Okay. Cops murder people in real life. I'm right across a fucking table from you. I can still hear you. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of time that you was. Can, you gotta wait till I'm in the bunker. Then, then that's when you can fucking do that shit. No like you said, there's a before. director's cut. It's probably like three hours long that includes a one hour rape scene and then two hours of relationships being built. I actually want to see this. Oh, God. I no. want to watch three hours. Yeah. You want to watch three hours? Yeah. I want to watch a three hour Death Wish 3. Oh, God. <laughs> and I want to cover it in loving detail. Oh, <laughs> it's gross. Particularly the hour and a half long rape scene. Oh, my God. Now it's an hour and a half. Yeah. Half the movie is a rape scene. <laughs> well, if Michael Winter had his way, it's well, probably the case. You'd, you wanted the whole three hours just to be the rape scene. <laughs> Dude, if you want me to snort some speed, don't make me do it off the edge of a knife while you're all twitchy. I know, right? Dump it off on some girl's chest. I'll fucking snort all the speed you want. Put it on her asshole. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it depends upon where that's been. You, you gotta really trust the girl first. <laughs> you gotta really trust. There's a level of trust in snorting coke off of someone's asshole. Clip! <laughs> That's what I was waiting on. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to do it myself. Hey, man, I'm proud of that one. I would be, too. Damn, that's a good fucking clip. That's a good clip. kind of wish I would have jumped on it. <laughs> Listen, uh, rocket launcher, you don't have a rocket launcher just sitting in the corner of your house? I will thank you not to mention that while we're recording for something that gets put out on the internet. I'm not going to divulge whether or not I have several. Oh, I mean, because I thought they came with every house. This is America. <laughs> it's your Second for, Amendment rights. For, for, for all our uh, uh, non-American friends, once you move into the country and become a real citizen, they give you a rocket launcher for your home. Yeah, you're just how it goes. Yeah, anti-tank now, weaponry you, is just issued to you. When you move from home to home, you, you leave the rocket launcher there for the person who buys your house, and then there's one waiting for you in your new house. <laughs> Sometimes you get to keep your rocket launcher if you're really attached to it, but you have to agree upon it and the, yeah, you know, the yeah, writing of the house. Yeah, if you're like, this is like a really special one to me, this uh, family heirloom rocket yeah. launcher. Yeah, and We then, took out, a, me and my dad took out a motorcycle game with it together, so. <laughs> <laughs> you have to basically put it in the closing cost that, you know, you yeah. will replace the the, the uh, rocket launcher with the, the rocket, new one. Yeah, yeah, with the new one. When it's, you know, got sentimental value to you. Exactly.
level of trust in snorting coke off of someone's asshole. Mostly because I put my penis inside of you bareback. Old cops are bumbling dummies. <laughs>